0: 106 miles to Chicago, we got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes, it's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses.
1: Hit it.
2: I'd say even if you live alone, I would wear a mask in the house especially in the shower because, frankly, droplets can make the way through the drain and come up through somebody else's toilet, infecting them with COVID through the anus. Uh, ballpark in two to five to 20 years, we can start thinking about considering the idea of pondering the thought of conceptualizing The possibility of maybe, perhaps, reopening, but probably not. I would avoid having any fun whatsoever in the near to far future.
3: Black History
4: Month, you find ridiculous. Why? You're going to relegate my history to a month? Oh, come Come on. on. What do you do with yours? Which month is White History Month? (laughs) Well, well, come on. Tell me. Well, the... I'm Jewish. Okay. Which month is Jewish history month? Uh, There isn't one. Oh. Oh. Why not? You want one? No, no. No. I I don't either. I don't want a black history month. Black history is American history. How are we going to get rid of racism? Stop talking about it. I'm going to stop calling you a white man. I'm going to ask you to stop calling me a black man. I know you as Mike Wallace, you know me as Morgan Freeman.
5: Thank you, Madam Speaker. Democrat policies are so pathetic and have done so poorly that the left has nothing else to do but troll the internet, looking for ways to get offended and then try to target members and strip them of their committees. This is a dumb waste of the House's time. But since The speaker has designated the floor to discuss members' inappropriate actions, shall we? The Jihad Squad member from Minnesota has paid her husband, and not her brother husband, the other one, over a million dollars in campaign funds. This member is allowed on the Foreign Affairs Committee while praising terrorists. A Democrat chairwoman incited further violence in the streets outside of a courthouse. And then the cherry on top. My colleague and three-month presidential candidate from California who is on the Intelligence Committee slept with Feng Feng, a Chinese spy. Let me say that again. A member of Congress who receives classified times briefings was sleeping with the Florida. enemy. This is unacceptable and this would never be- Gentlemen, his times expired. Gentlemen from Florida.
6: Governments have gone to great lengths to get people vaccinated. We were promised the vaccinations will be a game changer and it will restore our freedom. Turns out none of that was true. It does not render you immune. You can still contract the virus and you can still be infectious. The only thing this vaccine did for sure was to spill billions and billions of dollars in the pockets of pharmaceutical companies. Whenever a government claims to have the people's interest at heart, you need to think again. In the entire history of mankind, there has never been a political elite sincerely concerned about the well-being of regular people. What makes any of us think that it is different now? Never take anything any government tells you at face value. Always question everything any government does or does not do. Whenever a political elite pushes an agenda this hard and resorts to extortion and manipulation to get their way, you can almost always be sure your benefit is definitely not what they had at heart. As far as I'm concerned, I will not be vaccinated with anything that has not been properly vetted and tested and has shown no sound scientific evidence that the benefits outweigh the disease itself and possible long-term side effects, which, to this day, we don't know anything about. I will not be reduced to a mere guinea pig by getting vaccinated with an experimental drug. And I will most assuredly not get vaccinated because my government tells me to and promises in return I will be granted freedom. Let's be clear about one thing. No one grants me freedom for I am a free person.
7: Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. You might think, oh, Lou, you're late. You missed Thanksgiving. But uh, this is the closest show we have to Thanksgiving. So I thought I would just spend a little bit of time. We have a clip having to do with Thanksgiving. I wanted to read a little bit about it. But uh, I am really uh, wanted to express my gratefulness, <clears throat> my gratitude, my gratefulness uh, to all of you who have uh, been listening on this show, No Hostages Radio, and also on Live with Lou, uh the live show on Saturday mornings on KMYC 1410, or you could go to live365.com and then just put in KMYC in the radio box if you want to listen to it from 10 to 1. Uh <clears throat> but I'm going to talk just a tad right at the beginning about uh Thanksgiving and there's been so much misinformation, and in our social school system, uh, they've completely uh, demolished the uh, the teaching and the history of Thanksgiving. But uh, let me give you a few ways to connect with me here to kick it off. This is our uh, episode for November 27, uh, 2021, 11-27, uh, and this is number 139 if you ever have to get back to it and want to listen to something. It will be posted on the Live with Lou Facebook page in a in a couple of days. Uh, and it will also be at the nohostagesradio.com website. It'll be there as long as I can imagine. All of them are there from the first one. Uh, If you want to reach out to me, you can two ways, one by phone, 530-713-1838, 530-713-1838, by phone or text, I'm on the left coast in California, northern California, uh, in Yuba County, and uh, you can also reach me at an email address, lou, L-O-U, at nohostagesradio.com. Lou at nohostagesradio.com dot com. So there's also I've been kind of in a writing slump. I haven't written much lately, but I I have some things I'm going to work on, and I do write some articles about various topics. uh Some may be applicable to you, or probably most of them are. But the uh you know I I write some f- for local issues around here. But like I say to most folks, whatever's happening in California, good or bad is probably coming your way and you're going to have to deal with it either welcome it or try to reject it so some some of those things i'm addressing and they would apply to you uh, now or in the future probably so we do have some people from around the country listening to us i think most people are probably californians that are up in our area that know me from the live radio But as people have fled California, and and literally they're leaving every single day now, uh, people, if you... I have a friend that just came back from Idaho, Emmett, Idaho, and he was doing some work with his son over there who used to live here. And on the way back, I I can't remember how many... They counted all the U-Hauls going going east, and it was... uh, i don't know two dozen or three dozen or something like that u-haul uh which is a a bad sign for well it's a good sign for those families but it's it's sad the the state of california so anyhow uh if you're new to this show we do six 20-minute segments broken up by some clips that are educational clips This tonight, I uh, or today, however you're listening to this, I'm recording this uh, Thanksgiving evening. I've included in this show uh, a little bit different than I normally do. In the middle of my talking, I'm I'm including. uh, I broke a long talk up by Dr. David Martin, who's being interviewed by Stu Peters, and uh, I broke it up into two segments. So uh, you'll get to hear that, and that's, let's see, one, two, three, this in the fourth and fifth segment of the show. Uh, If you don't um, have time to listen to the whole show, I really recommend uh, that you get to those spots, the fourth and fifth segments, and listen to those two spots, even if you can't listen to the rest. Uh, David Martin is one of the brighter guys in the united states and he knows everything inside and out on the covid controversy the fraud the criminal behavior and the killing off of americans uh, for uh i was going to say for no good reason but the the people that want uh to reduce the population of the the globe i believe they have good uh good reason and they are what we call eugenists E-U-G-E-N-I-S-T-S, eugenists. And that is the concept that are, that uh, some people need to be thinned out. It's like thinning, thinning your tomato vine or your peach tree, uh, that there's too many people on the globe, and they want to manage a smaller population. And according to Agenda 21 and Agenda 30, which is the United Nations agenda, that is uh, they want to reduce it... Uh, down to about 500 million or half a half a billion so we have 7.5 billion now so that means that most people are going to have to go go by the wayside perish and the vaccine and and uh, launching these series of bioterrorism uh, diseases on the world is a way that they're doing that and also by using vaccines which will sterilize people And stop them from reproducing children and make them sick. So David Martin uh, lays out the criminal uh, case against uh, lots of people, but uh, specifically three gentlemen and um so if you if you have time uh, catch that and of course we'll we'll cover that as well we we do things a little bit different on the live radio but we're certainly going to cover the clips and we're going to cover the david martin uh the david martin clip is something that you want to pass on to your friends uh this is laying out the actual laws that have been broken criminal laws felonies that have been uh uh that could be charged to people like Anthony Fauci and Ralph Barrick at, and university of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. And Peter It's I think it's Dancic, dat Dasick or Dancic. I'll get it later uh, for you. Anyhow, um, <clears throat> thank you for listening. I wanted to mention uh, the, the spiritual foundation of the founders that came to the shores here from Europe. We call them pilgrims. Sometimes the Bible refers to of uh, the faithful as pilgrims and sojourners in Psalm uh, 100 verses four through five it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. That that's a, a mouthful. His faithfulness continues through all generations because some generations have had it really bad And we probably had the softest life of any generation from the beginning of time. But when he says his faithfulness, it doesn't, doesn't say to most generations, uh, or some got a better deal. He just says it's there for all generations. So that's encouraging because we're headed into, into some difficult times. And, uh, many people believe we're at the very end of the age, uh, And so there's going to be some tumultuous times. So this is from a Patriot uh, newsletter that I get. It says, fellow Patriots, we are charged with sustaining—these are Americans—we are charged with sustaining the blessings of American liberty and extending that blessing to the next generation. During some seasons— that, char- that charge is more challenging than others, but we approach it with no less optimism and vigor. Please pause with us this Thanksgiving to reflect upon how blessed we really are, blessed far beyond any measure of what we deserve. We are grateful for simple blessings and mercies, and especially for the large fellowship of brothers and sisters who are bound by our devotion to liberty. To put our National Day of Thanksgiving into proper context— is to express gratitude. In that spirit, I invite you on this 400th anniversary of the founding of Plymouth Plantation to read this compelling—and I'm going to read the title. This is—you uh, could probably duck-duck-go this and read this. I'm going to go read it. History and Legacy of Our National Thanksgiving. I'll say it again. History and Legacy of Our National Thanksgiving. That'd be good to read to your family some evening. Uh or maybe it's too long break it up into some reading times, particularly if you have children. The next paragraph goes from from the extraordinary journal of Mayflower Compact Compact signer and Plymouth Governor William Bradford. He said, quote, thus, out of small beginnings, greater things have been produced by his hand, H-I-S is uh, capitalized, H, that made all things of nothing and gives... Being to all things that are, and as one small candle may light a thousand, so the light here kindled has shone into many, yes, in some sort to our whole nation. Next paragraph P- President George Washington, in his first Thanksgiving proclamation, declared, Whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of the Almighty, to obey His will, to be grateful for His benefits and humbly to implore his protection and favor, I do recommend and assign this Thanksgiving Day to be devoted by the people of these states to the service of that great and glorious being who is the beneficent author of all the good that was, that is, and that will be. In President Ronald Reagan's first Thanksgiving proclamation, he wrote, As we celebrate Thanksgiving, we should ask, what we can do as individuals to demonstrate our gratitude to God for all he has done. Such reflections can only add to the significance of this precious day of remembrance. Let us recommit ourselves to that devotion to God and family that has played such an important role in making this a great nation and which will be needed as a source of strength. If we are to remain a great people. Now this, great nation, great people, all that kind of stuff, <clears throat> that's up to us. And I I've, I've say this quite a bit, maybe every week, maybe every other week, that we're in a 1776 moment. Those people back then had to determine whether they were going to make a great nation, whether they were going to fight for what they believed was right. And uh, they knew that many of them were not going to survive, and some may lose everything. But uh, a good portion of them, I don't know the percentage, but I know that all of them didn't go along with it because there were traitors and there were people that fought with the British. But a good portion of them decided to fight to create a new nation and it was successful. But uh, after a couple hundred years, uh, we have lost our edge and we have thought that freedom is free and we didn't have to invest in it. We didn't have to uh, work for it. Or fight for it. And now we're realizing that our freedoms have been actually actually taken from us. And right now in the state of California, we're in a state of emergency. We've been in that state for two years by a governor that has ignores the Constitution of the United States, ignores the Constitution of California, and ignores the state legislature, which is the assembly uh, members and the Senate members that are supposed to be our representatives the representatives of the people remember the gettysburg address talked about uh, or lincoln talked about other people by the people for the people uh that uh that has been all uh undermined um and right now we have um a state of emergency which is baloney it's just uh It's just the governor says, I don't think I want to do it like we used to be doing anymore. And so he's making all the decisions. So our rights have been taken from us. And I tell people all the time, you don't have any rights that you're not willing to fight for. So if you're not willing to go to the school board meeting, the city council meeting, the supervisors meeting, then you're not willing to you're not willing to have those rights. They're going to be taken from you. And then the government will tell you what time to get up, what time to go to bed how far to stand apart, when to wear a mask, when to get vaccinated, how, how often to get vaccinated. You, you've already lost your right to privacy your medical privacy. So on and on and on it goes. And, um, so, uh, I, you know, some, I'm a church guy. I haven't always been, I, I got converted when I was 21, but I, I really uh, have been a person that's advocates, finding uh things every day to be thankful for and i don't it's not hard for me but an attitude of gratitude uh keeps bitterness away and hard feelings away and keeps you forgiving people and uh keeps you healthy uh scientists, uh, medical people say that people that are happy people are full of gratefulness. I didn't say people that never had any challenges. I said, just people that are happy. Happiness is a choice. Gratitude is a choice and grateful people are healthier people. That's just a fact of science. So, uh, the, I, I bring this up because sometimes church people say, Oh yeah, you know, we need to be grateful every day. Yeah, we should be. And that's the way we should live but i think there is a special time of year like this thanksgiving time of year is a special time and you can feel it and you can feel families pulling together and and people preparing and people you know working up their best uh dishes and and just making an effort to make a big memory out of it and and it's it creates a special vibe it creates a special spirit of uh it, actually it's the spirit of jesus you know and So I just want to push that way a little bit. You're going to hear a clip from the president of Hillsdale College, which is an amazing clip uh, uh, by a guy named Larry Arn, A-R-N. Hillsdale College is one of the best colleges in the country. It takes no government funding. I think it's been here since the mid mid to late 1800s. It is a big teacher of uh, our founding Christian Judeo ethic as well as very strong teaching on the Constitution and the Bible, if you're interested in, in uh, Bible classes and becoming a pastor or a, a counselor or such things as that. So that's coming up. So I wanted to say this, uh, the, the, some clips I always, uh, or memes I always pull up. It says some people <clears throat> wouldn't know tyranny if it covered their faces. Some people wouldn't know tyranny if it locked them in their homes. Some people wouldn't know tyranny if it enacted the biggest wealth transfer in history. Some people wouldn't know tyranny if it censored them. Some people wouldn't know tyranny if it made them show their papers, like vaccine papers. Some people wouldn't know tyranny if it force-medicated them. Did you know uh, people are getting force-medicated in some of the countries right now? It's not happening in the United States yet, but it's happening in places like Australia, which is just shocking to me. And you know how you think Western countries are kind of like America, <laughs> and then you realize no, they're not. Or or Vietnam, where I'm in contact with uh, every uh, throughout the week. So here's a whistleblower nurse. She said, "Yep, I live on Maui. We have only one hospital here. I've taken care of three men now who have GBS." after vaccination that's gian bar syndrome that's a neurological disease <clears throat> or ailment <clears throat> i've taken care of four teenage boys with myocarditis uh, they got the vax so they could play sports and now they can't because they have inflammation of the heart i have one lady i took care of one lady had to cut off her leg because of blood clots a 13 year old bell's palsy after the shot, a seven-year-old with seizures after clots, a COVID uh, patient with three boosters, two ladies—in other words, she was sick. The person had co- had COVID, and the person had three shots. Two ladies with spontaneous abortions after taking the vax. One uh, mid-thirties woman with myocarditis and pericarditis, both heart ailments. The list goes on and on and on, not to mention all the COVID patients who've been killed by remdesivir. And this is just a small 240-bed hospital. Pretty sad. The the media, who is owned by the very people that are pushing the COVID fraud and and the uh, COVID criminal behavior to kill off a good portion of the world and get them used to being vaccinated and tracked by five G a good portion of them are control the media. The media in fact isn't con- controlled by all the people that are pushing COVID. And that's why you're hearing all the false news. It's a hundred percent false. That's why you're not hearing any news about all the trouble and the people dying. Now i I meet people almost every day that says, Oh yeah, my friend died. Oh yeah. My friend died. Oh yeah, my friend had this problem and so um, yeah, so we'll we'll talk more about it in in a bit. So we're coming to the end of our first uh, segment, a uh, 20 minute segment uh, and so we'll be right back listen to the clips and I'll be right back and we'll start our second segment.
1: I'm looking through you. Where did you go? I I knew you. What did I know? You don't look different, but you have changed. I'm looking through you. You're not the same. You're
5: we love
3: Thanksgiving here at Hillsdale College. It comes at a great time of year, and we have so much for which to be grateful. I've been thinking about that word, grateful, gratitude. And uh, if you read its story, it's an old word, it turns out there are three parties involved in gratitude. Uh, In the Oxford English Dictionary, the first definition is uh, pleasing or thankful. So pleasing, how is that the same as thankful? Because if something is pleasing, you'd be grateful for it, but that means somebody else gave it to you. So the attitude of gratitude connects you with others, reminds you of what they do for you helps your relations with them, which are, of course, fundamental to human happiness. And then, of course, you're involved, too, because if you have a feeling of gratitude, then you're looking outside yourself, and you see things that make you happy, and you're grateful for those. And that attitude makes you more open to things, makes you better able to see, uh, makes you calmer, makes you more reverent, and reverence is the right attitude toward the highest things. Uh, The third party involved is uh, not immediately visible and yet written everywhere. Uh, We live in nature, the beauties of it surround us, the challenges of it uh, test us. Uh, We are of such a nature as to attempt to meet those challenges. We are fitted into nature. We are somewhere in the order of nature. The order of nature, we didn't make that. Our capacities, we didn't make them. They're given to us by a maker, the maker. And so to feel your life and see the things around you, the people who do good for you, your gratitude to them It connects you to your maker. And of course, that's a divine thing, and that's the whole purpose of a college, to understand the order of nature and the being that sits atop it. At Hillsdale College, we are having so far a very happy Thanksgiving, and we wish you one as well.
2: Well, Daryl Brooks is a total piece of crap, but you may not have heard the same thing from CNN, CNBC, New York Times, all of these news companies, but they have no problem crapping on Kyle Rittenhouse for defending himself. No, a guy who takes an SUV and plows it through a crowd of people during a Christmas parade, kills a few of them, they call that an accident or an incident, or we don't have all the information yet. Actually, we do. And if I can find it, y'all can sure find it. But anyways, let me show you what the media decides to not cover, because it's a lot. This guy, Daryl Brooks, took his red SUV, drove it through a police barricade, drove it through like a band, and then drove it through a crowd of people, killed five. Here's a tweet that this guy sent out, just so y'all have a picture as far as what this guy's about. His English is terrible, but whatever. Learned and taught behavior, so when we start back knocking white people the f- out, I did wanna hear it. The old white people too. Knock them the f- out, period. Oh, so you were going after the old people then. That was premeditated. It wasn't just, oh, let me run it into the crowd. No, you were aiming for the older people. Here's him talking about why he's a registered sex offender. I caught a case with my oldest daughter's mama. Yes, my baby mama. She's from Oakland. I was busting moves in Nevada. I met the bitch. She said she wanted to get down, so I'm pimping on the b- I'll take her to Nevada. You know what I'm saying? I get cracked. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know the bitch was 16 at the time. She gave a statement to the police and told them, yeah, she was hoeing, that I was pimping, and, and uh, that she was 16, and that I didn't know that. Okay? And then as soon as we fall out, all of a sudden, now I'm a pedophile. Yep, that makes you a pedophile, man. You're pretty observant. So let me give y'all some backstory on this, because it's a lot more complicated than it seems. On November 2nd, 21 days ago, not even a month, this guy ran over a woman with his car, and he was released on a $1,000 bail. A thousand bucks? Is that supposed to scare someone into not doing it again? Waukesha District Attorney! What the hell are you thinking? You should be fired over this. And then some of these news companies have the balls to just straight make up stories. This one says that the reason why he was running through the crowds and the barricades and killed a whole bunch of people is because he was fleeing a crime scene. What a terrible cover-up. But look at him drive his car with clear intent. Just because it's red doesn't mean it needs to join a Christmas parade, man. Hopefully you could have figured that out, but you know, some people are just dumb. But here's one of the victims. Her name is Jessalyn Torres. She lost a kidney suffered a broken pelvis, has lacerations to her lungs and her other kidney, and has terrible internal bleeding. Young girl, full life ahead of her. It's not surprising to me at all that there is a domestic terrorist attack a few days after the acquittal of Kyle Rittenhouse. And yes, he is a huge supporter of Black Lives Matter. He took a watermelon carved BLM into it with a fist that's like being racist to your own people but also being loyal to an organization that supports those people okay and everybody wonders why things happen like when Kyle Rittenhouse defended himself all of you extremists on the left think that you can go in and destroy our country and you think that we're just going to sit and watch or not defend ourselves you got another thing coming because we are fed up
4: Why can't we live together? Tell me why, tell me why Why can't we live together? Everybody wants to live together Why can't we live together? Oh, oh, oh. No
8: more wars, no more wars, no more wars just a little piece in this world No more wars, no more wars All we want is a little piece in this world
7: All right, I, I love some of George Carlin's quotes. George Carlin uh, was a comedian. I think I first saw him on television in the 1960s, and I, I think he died a few years ago. But he said governments don't want an intelligent population because people who can think critically can't be ruled. And what we've seen during the COVID fraud um, <clears throat> is just that. People that have just don't think cl- critically, just believe whatever they're told and fall into line. So Carlin goes on to say they want a public, the government wants a public just smart enough to pay taxes and dumb enough to keep voting and electing corrupt politicians. Uh, So, okay, let me just, I want to go down here. Uh, Also, I want to mention, you know, I used to think we had a certain amount of assemblymen and senators throughout the North State, but I've decided that Kevin Kiley is the only representative we have in the North State that's got a backbone and willing to fight. Most of these guys uh, with an R by their name, like Senator Nielsen and uh, Assembly Member James Gallagher, just simply, they're hard to find them these days. They're just pretty quiet. And there's a lot to talk about. In fact, we have freshman congressmen that have been in office a lot less years than either Gallagher or Nielsen that are going on the floor and are appearing on YouTube, going after— um, like Bobert out of Colorado and Green out of uh Georgia and they're la- they're throwing down on on people that are trying to take our our freedoms away and you'd think in the state of California there'd be a lot to talk about. Well, Kylie, Kevin Kylie who represents uh the folks just south of us here in the uh, uh Placer County has a number of counties he takes care of in the foothills all the way down to the uh, west side of or east side of Sacramento. He uh um, He has introduced ACR uh, 46 and it's regarding COVID-19. He said this measure in accordance with specific law would declare that the state of emergency proclaimed by the governor on March 4, 2020 is at an end and and will terminate the emergency powers granted to the governor as a result of this proclamation. So I don't know when they're going to vote on that but i thought uh it was important to to acknowledge and honor him for for his work uh because he seemed like he's doing all the work and he just gets one salary these other guys are getting paid for doing nothing uh and i'm i, I mean that just nothing so i want to go down here and um see if i can find oh i want to talk about okay leading okay Let me see if this is the one I want. I want to talk a little, since I've been talking about COVID, I want to talk about it a little bit more. Okay, here we go. So there's a a guy named Alex Berenson uh, and yeah, Alex Berenson, B E R E N S O N. He's a, he's a top notch writer. He's, he's well known. If you look up his name on the internet, you'll find him. He's written for a number of uh, recognizable periodicals. Um, and so he did some research, and so the title of this is Official Data, Vaccinated Adults Below 60, Below 60 Years of Age, Are Dying at Twice the Rate of Unvaccinated. So what you're hearing locally in the Yuba-Sutter counties, I don't know what you're hearing up in Washington or Texas or Missouri or Utah— uh, we're getting propaganda here in yuba counties in Northern California, and they keep saying that well, it's a vaccine. It's it's these bad vac- unvaxxed people that are causing all the problems and making everybody sick. It's exactly the opposite. The unvax are healthy, or if they get a little COVID, they're just you know getting through it, and then they build up natural immunity. By the way, natural immunity. One of the reasons it's unpopular with this group promoting COVID and create actually created COVID. Uh, uh, created this bioterrorist spike protein that's going to destroy your immune system. Uh, so these people are the ones that are putting out the propaganda that says that the unvaxxed people are the sick people and are spreading and going to cause our world a, a, a bunch of hurt. Now we're realizing uh, we real. I many of us realized it from the beginning, but the the details are coming out now as more and more people die. And their immune system's compromised, uh, they don't have any fighting ability to resist diseases and ailments. So, uh, by the way, uh, at, right after the shot, want, some of these shots are creating soft tissue cancers immediately. In fact, a 28 year old woman that uh, works with an or- orphan operation in Cambodia just died. A Cambodian woman had can- cancer of the uterus, got it right after she got the shot and died got very sick and died so uh, another 28 29 year old guy in Vietnam that I work with also died took the shot got pressured by the Vietnamese government he couldn't go out of his house they wouldn't let him out unless he took the shot took the shot he's a father uh, of two and husband and uh, he immediately went into uh, intense uh, headaches And uh, very high fever and went into a coma and his platelets crashed and he died of leukemia type symptoms. So uh, the official data, the Office of National Statistics in the United Kingdom um, has published new data showing that fully vaccinated English adults, British adults under the age of 60 are now dying at twice the rate of their unvaccinated counterparts. Uh, so alex berenson remember i mentioned he's an author he writes great articles on all kinds of things he published a graph showing the difference between the two groups while unvaccinated deaths are actually decreasing over time fully vaccinated deaths are on the increase and he goes on to say i know you can't see the graph it's not necessary said the original data set uh, clearly shows this for anyone willing to look at it honestly he said because we all know the mainstream media will never report on it remember i said the mainstream media is behind the global reset the klaus schwab world economic forum the uh, the people behind everything that goes on in the world the, the trillionaires the rockefellers the uh All all of the people that – we can spend a show on it sometime, but I can't really go into all the details. I'll get off on a sidetrack here, and we'll run out of time. But there are families that are behind everything. You never see their name in the news, but they're actually controlling what goes on, what wars start, what happens, what people are elected to office. They pay off politicians. If they can't pay them off, they'll find them do something wrong, and they'll expose them. Uh, They'll, they'll, uh, fund an opposition candidate. They'll find out if they had an affair, uh, or, or if they're a homosexual, they'll bring that out. They'll bring out, they'll use whatever about their life against them unless they'll comply. And, um, so, uh, Berenson writes, let's see. Uh, he said, I don't know how to explain this other than vaccine caused mortality. In other words, he's saying, "Hey, the vaccine caused this heart problems." Subtitle: Heart problems skyrocketing due to mRNA injections. You remember Dr. Robert Malone, who discovered or created the mRNA uh, science and was recognized for that? Said that this is crazy what they're doing with the vaccine vaccines. He so-called vaccines. He said this this is going to be very destructive. It's going to damage humanity. Uh, and they, they are, so you have MR, the MRNA guru, and then you have Kerry Mullis, who I talked about last week, who was the PCR guru that just coincidentally died right before they launched COVID. So, so Berenson, uh, let me go on here. Cause I, I, I highlighted the areas I want to talk about. Uh, okay. So he just, he, he just re argues uh, the, the in, incredible, uh, number, it says one such condition is called myocardial infarction, a uh, heart attack. That's what we call a heart attack. And it says when cell death, uh, results in damage or destroyed heart, a uh, treatment, heart, uh, tissue. Let, let me just go up here and read some of this. This is good stuff. So says a recent annual conference at the American Heart Association. Do- Dr. Stephen Gundry, G-U-N-D-R-Y. Gundry is well known. He he did thousands of heart surgeries at Loma Linda uh, Hospital in uh, Southern California. He's now a Nebraska physician. He's retired cardiac surgeon. Pr- he presented a study showing this massively increased risk of heart problems post injection the shots he says greatly increase endothelial inflammatory markers he explained based on these markers a patient is assigned a score that ranks how highly he or she uh, is to develop an ac- acute coronary syndrome within the next five years after you get the shot so he here's his quote acute coronary syndrome is a term used to describe a range of conditions associated with sudden reduced flow Blood flow to the heart. One such condition is a heart attack, which I just mentioned, when cell death results in damaged or destroyed heart tissue. In Gundry's own patients, he observed a risk increase from eleven percent to twenty-five percent on the acute coronary syndrome scale. This increase persist persisted for like two and a half months after patients received the second dose. Um he goes into some science talk, which I don't think we need uh but anyway it's that's why you're having all these people uh dropping dead uh out on sports field. I've been watching some n b a lately and uh I've been waiting to see if anybody's going to drop on an n b a field because on uh, on the court because uh with the uh soccer the f i f a um league in europe. Uh, people are dropping dead left and right, and I'm just going down here to talk about it in a minute here. If I can get it, first of all, I want to talk about uh, the this. This is incredible. I I don't understand. I I can't figure out why countries are doing certain things. But Israel has gone crazy trying to vaccinate everybody in the in the country. And this article says leading Israeli health official says vaccinated account for 95%. In other words, the vaccinated account for 95% of severe and 85 to 90% of the new COVID hospitalization. So you think, Oh, guys coming in with COVID. You didn't get your shot. Did you? That's what they do at at Adventist. They make you feel bad when you go over to Adventist hospital here in Marysville. Oh, well, you you dirty dog. You didn't get your shot. They're very judgmental. And, uh, so this, this says press secretary for the Israeli Prime Minister. Vaccinated people now dying and going to hospital very sick. So uh then it says trust the science. <laughs> this week says Dr. Kobe Haviv, the medical directors of Israel's leading center for respiratory care, joined the ca- country's Channel 13 news to share an extremely concerning update regarding breakthrough cases. That's cases where people have been vaccinated said, according to Dr. Haviv the vaccinated account for the vaccinated people account for 85 to 90% of all new hospitalizations and 95% of severe cases at the Herzog medical center in Jerusalem. He explains that one infected patient will spread the virus to a large number of people. And they call that shedding. And that it doesn't just happen here or there. It happens frequently. According to their officials, the major... See, you'll never even hear this news about America in America. But we're hearing Israeli news, right? The majority of Israelis have been vaccinated, including 85% of those who are eligible. Out of the estimated 9.3 million citizens, 5.8 million have have received at least one shot, 5.4 million are fully vaccinated. Despite most of them taking the jab, the country has seen a quick spike in cases that has resulted in more daily positive test results than they had on the same day last year. On Thursday, they had 3,843 new cases. Uh, After their emergency vote on Thursday, uh, this is of the Knesset, their parliament citizens are now required to provide proof of vaccination, a positive test or proof that they were recovered recently from the virus to participate in more indoor and outdoor activities. Now this sounds like what our local arts center requires you to do. They're the toughest place in the entire community of Yuba Sutter counties. After they take money from the government to promote their art, which is our tax dollars, they take money from four entities at least Yuba County, Sutter County, Marysville and Yuba city uh to help promote th- this a non-profit and uh, some people are all up in arms that they can't get in without a shot or without a positive test a good test uh showing a clean test uh within 72 hours my feeling is i don't really care if, if that's the rules to get in or if, if you can only wear shorts when you go there and i don't want to wear shorts say I don't really care. I, it, I I don't mind people making up their own rules and have their own club. You want to have a black only golf club, a white only. I don't really care. I, I just, I, I just go someplace else, but I have a problem when people take our tax dollars and then tell me I can't attend the event. Right. That's crazy. I, I in other words, I, I'm, my feeling is that's politicians bad, right? The politician should not be giving my tax dollars to discriminatory clubs like if it's an all-black club or an all-white club they we shouldn't be funding it with tax dollars i feel the same way we got a baseball field here with uh i don't know whether what what they even call it a semi-pro or feeder league you know minor league i don't know what they call it but but the gold Sox here we, our tax dollars in the city the little city of well we're funding a, a a baseball team for goodness sakes it's just unbelievable, the waste. And these politicians just think they could take our money and then be charitable with it, right? It's just crazy. So <clears throat> so who are the real super spreaders, this article says? Who are the real super spreaders? The fake news is trying to credit the vaccine as the reason that the virus is, isn't being as harmful as it once was. But it is likely due to... To better treatments for the virus such as hydroxychloroquine ivermectin vitamin c d3 uh, budesonide etc being used earlier and more often you remember that was forbidden it's the least forbidden in california you doctors will get in trouble in our area if they're using those things in fact i just helped a lady that called me last week a lady in her 80s and her her son and her lived together and he had covid he was sick had fever, et cetera. She was fine. Uh, but she said, Lou, I gotta find me some ivermectin. And I was helping her get some this last week. Uh, anyway, uh, but but they're trying to say that the the shots are cutting down uh on the virus and they aren't. They're actually causing the virus. It's like pouring gasoline on the fire. Another top Israeli doctor, Elon Eaton uh worthine sums up the effectiveness of these rushed vaccines and what we can expect even though so many have taken the jab to the Jerusalem Post he says we are going to be right in the same spot that we were one year ago we're just we're just doing the same old same old and it's not working uh okay so i want to go down here and and there i got one article here that talks about Just amazing thing that uh, last week we talked about all the hospitals that uh, were filling up with just sick people of all kinds of things. Like, for instance, I bet that, you know, uh, around here, they're not calling any of the ailments that are coming. People are coming in for Uh, they're getting overwhelmed with ailments. And uh, so my friend in Vietnam who died of what looked like cancer right after he take the shot, he was cancer free. Then he takes the shot. Boom. His platelets crash like leukemia. And uh, then this other woman gets cancer of the uterus right right after she's a healthy as a horse, man. She's great. You know, um, it's unbelievable. And yet in America, they just ignore all, well, you know, you guys, you, you're just conspiracy, right? So it says here, this article after another soccer player collapses on the field, former pro and sky news sports announcer calls for an investigation. He said it is not un- unprecedented throughout history. There have been sports players who suffered from multiple conditions who then collapsed on the field during practice or during live games. However, a recent article from the German newspaper Berliner Zeitung has highlight- highlighted an unusually large increase in the number of these collapses recently leading to a lot of speculation. Um, so one guy posts, how many more sports people need to collapse before an investigation takes place? And it takes place. So um, I, I'm going to come back to this. We'll pick it up on the on our third segment here because we're running out of time, and uh, we'll finish this and then we'll get on to other business. Okay, be right back.
8: To The Next Revolution, I'm Steve Hilton, and this is the home of positive populism, pro-worker, pro-family, pro-community, and especially pro-America. It's now two years since the first case of coronavirus. Last year, in April, I issued a warning about what might happen if we allowed our response to the pandemic to continue as it was. We need to watch out for a big government takeover. We've already seen a massive expansion in government spending and control, and there's more coming. Potentially snooping on your health and your movements, telling you where you can go and what you can do. There's the danger of a big business takeover. People say, isn't it great that Amazon and Walmart and others are hiring hundreds of thousands right now? Of course, it's good that people have jobs, but what's happening is small businesses dying and big business feasting on the remains. Well, look where we are. That is exactly what happened. Government got bigger and bigger and gets bigger each passing day. Three bailout bills in March of 2020, another in April, then in December, then another in March of this year. A total of nearly $6 trillion spent just on this. That's nearly 50% more than 2019's entire federal budget. And it's not just the size of the spending, it's what they did with it. They took over vast swathes of the economy and everyday life. Hundreds of millions of Americans almost overnight became dependent on the government and its giant, sprawling bureaucracies. And people might say, government had to do it. You can't let people starve, throw families out on the street. But that argument only works in the event of some unavoidable disaster This was a deliberate man-made disaster, a government-made disaster. Those multi-trillion dollar bailouts, they weren't compensating people and businesses for the virus. They were compensation for the lockdowns, the curfews, the stay-at-home orders, all of which were totally avoidable. There was absolutely no need, not on scientific grounds, not on public health grounds, to shut down the economy the way we did. As we said from the start, the right response to this pandemic, the science-based response, was a targeted focus on those at risk. But instead, we had the madness of blanket lockdowns, an off-the-shelf plan written for a completely different situation by this person. Sarah Cody, public health director of Santa Clara County, right here where I live in the Bay Area of California. She imposed the nation's first lockdown. Soon after, it was copied by the other Bay Area counties. Then Gavin Newsom shut down California, and before you know it, would shut down America. Sarah Cody's shutdown manual was written after 9-11 for a potential bioterrorism attack. Fauci, at the federal level, pushing the lockdown madness based on his experience with AIDS, an old playbook for a different disease. But this virus, as we now know, most likely engineered in a lab as a result of reckless experiments commissioned by Fauci in defiance of Obama and Trump administration rules, it was totally different to a bioterrorism attack or even another virus that would hit the population equally. This virus had very specific characteristics. We knew that most people had mild or zero symptoms. Young, healthy people were barely at risk. We could clearly identify those most vulnerable, the elderly, the overweight, those with existing medical conditions. We said it right from the start. Let's come together to protect the vulnerable. Stop the total shutdown for everyone and start the total protection of the elderly and those most likely to need hospitalization. Don't turn a public health crisis into America's worst catastrophe. That was March 2020. There was no need to close schools so parents couldn't go to work, no need to shut everything down. The whole thing was mad, completely mad. And now, as we look back, we have to ask, did the politicians and the bureaucrats and the technocrats do all this deliberately to make themselves more powerful? Political scientist James Q. Wilson wrote in his classic bureaucracy, what government agencies do and why they do it, that the goal of every bureaucracy is to increase its power. And that's what they've done in a way that was inconceivable just two years ago, telling us when we can work, what we can do, where we can go, who we can see, wear a mask, wash your hands, keep your distance, show your papers, sit down, stand up, turn around. We're the government and we can make you do anything. It wasn't just unscientific. It was sadistic. It revealed the sickness that infects so much of our ruling elite. There is a very specific term for it. Megalomania, the addiction to power and control. And the bigger government got, the more incompetent it was revealed to be. Just this week, an audit found that Louisiana improperly paid out millions in unemployment. But that's just amateur incompetence compared to California. $31 billion wasted by the California Employment Department. Unemployment checks sent to people in jail, people in other countries, gangs of criminals. Even a scammer posing as Senator Diane Feinstein got one. billion wasted by the federal government, who seemed to be handing out our money to any applicant with a pulse. And it wasn't just the giant examples of incompetence that were so infuriating. It was the small ones, too. Wasting food meant for those who couldn't afford it. Assembling a contact tracing army that turned out to be completely useless. Shuffling homeless people into hotels, then out again as neighborhood families complained. And no wonder, in San Francisco, they turned one of them into a meth lab. And the big government takeover still goes on. Look at the vaccine mandates. Biden's federal mandate, totally illegal, thrown out by the courts for its utter incoherence and unconstitutionality. So are they dropping it? No, they're pressing ahead. Look at these outrageous emergency declarations, illegally and unconstitutionally grabbing power in direct contravention of everything America stands for and was built on. Gavin Newsom just renewed his emergency declaration for a third time. Permanent pandemic, so they can boss us around forever. And guess who's gotten rich on the back of this big government power grab? Big government's co-conspirator, of course, big business. Jeff Bezos sweeping in to feed off the carcass of millions of small businesses killed, murdered by the politicians and bureaucrats. Amazon's workforce up by over 600,000 as local employers had to let people go. Bezos's wealth up by nearly $100 billion as entrepreneurs' dreams were crushed. As these cruel politicians shut down your local store, they let their donors' stores stay open. Target, Walmart, Safeway, why are they more essential than a local shop that's been at the heart of its community for 100 years and now sits boarded up, its owners' lives shattered, while the fat cats count their billions? Bars, restaurants, gyms, barbershops, nail salons. So many millions of small local businesses destroyed by big government while their big business competitors with all the lawyers and lobbyists were allowed to stay open. And guess who's making money off all the stupid rules and bureaucracy, the endless maddening apps and forms and health questionnaires and the testing. Big business, of course. It is honestly a crime against society, all of it. And we must not stand for it. We must make them pay for it. We must fight back and take our power back. It's in the Declaration of Independence when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism. It is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Yes, That's what we've had to put up with, a long train of abuses and usurpations. And yes, it is time to throw off such government. That's the next revolution we need.
7: okay I want to certainly during this uh i, I use, usually try to every single week, and certainly we talk about some of the people that support us here but uh we we would have never been able to sustain ourselves for uh, we did about five or six years on live radio and then we switched and uh, ended that and went to podcasts and then now we do both, but we couldn't do it without the people that have helped us and uh, we try to help them however we can talk about them a little bit and give them some um, exposure. So one, uh, let me mention a couple here, and I'll I'll pick up a couple as we go along. All Power Services, uh, they are the people in town. They're making waves in our area, uh, All Power Services. A couple young guys uh, that have, they're not young to the industry, but they're young to me. Everybody's young to me because I'm almost 100, but these guys are right into the, the thick of their career And uh, they've got maybe 15 years into it or or more. And uh, they're fixing all kinds of power tools, power sports, service, repair, custom welding, custom fabrication. Uh, They can fix it. They can just get it on, you know, uh, chainsaws, mowers, tractors, motorbikes. They're even uh, into doing fleet service. So they're easy to work with. They're fast. They get it in and out. Nothing's piling up on them over there. So All Power Services, you can call them at 530-844-0347, or you can uh, email them at allpower1469 at gmail.com. They're at 1469 Stewart Road in Yuba City. That's right off Highway 99 on the west side of 99. It's tough crossing 99, so make your decision right the first time. And uh, give them a chance, and I think you're going to everybody I talk to. Is happy, happy, happy over there. Also, um, I wanted to give a shout-out to Dr. Joe Cassidy, who was the expert in our area on, on addiction, and we're seeing a lot of addiction in our area. I had a friend that was in Yuba County Jail, and I uh, was talking to her. She's in San Francisco now, uh, and she says her uh, the father of her 14-year-old t- child she said luma he just died of fentanyl overdose down in san francisco and we have a huge fentanyl problem it's coming from china through mexico and all these open open borders we have a huge fentanyl problem in california and so dr cassidy and i have put our name and number out there uh to say hey uh if you can't figure out what to do you want help we will handhold you and get you into a rehab uh, because the government here is collapsing and they have all the money, but they're not producing. No outcome, right? They pay you the same in government no matter what you produce. Did you know that? It didn't work for me in private sector. So you can reach Dr. Cassidy. We're, we're encouraging you to call him at the Peachtree Health and make an appointment. When they ask you, what do you need him for? Just say addiction. So if you have any problem at the front end, I'm going to give you a couple option, optional numbers. So get a pencil out. Peachtree Health is 530 749 42 530-749-3242 if you cannot get through there you have to wait 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 or they just say oh he's too busy da da if they any if they say anything different what I'm telling you just text Dr. Cassidy 530 682 682 text him if that seems slow just dial me up 24 hours a day 530-713 1838 530 1838 whatever kind of addiction you have from cigarettes to meth to heroin to alcohol we will work with you happy to do it we're seeing a lot of success helping people get on their feet okay and then one more uh nelly garcia north valley paralegals helping all kinds of people that normally would use an attorney doing a lot cheaper faster nicer uh more casual about your your get right in to talk to her. And so she's at uh, 751 Sutter Street in Yuba City. And her number is 530-751-9289. That's North Valley Paralegal. Nell- Nellie Garcia is the owner. 751-9289. So we're talking about uh, sports people. You know, it it makes sense if you're going to have Uh, if the jab is going to cause you to um, have inflammation around the heart, then if you're really putting a lot of pressure on the heart where you're running uh, for hours, right? Uh, I think soccer or what they call football in Europe or the rest of the world calls it football, I think that's one of the most difficult sports because you're just running all the time. And it isn't like basketball where you have fouls and then you shoot a couple of free throws or you have timeouts, football, uh, soccer, football, you just go, 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 go. And it's very, to me, you need to be in huge shape to play that. So, uh, <clears throat> there's a number of recorded collapses. And, um, so I, you know, I, I mention I'll mention these again that they said it's five-fold. It's gone up 500% in Europe with the shots. And uh, it's... I mean, it isn't just people getting sick. They're dying. Uh, game abandoned due, in, due to cardiac arrest of a referee. A 17-year-old soccer player. Re, they call it reanimated or resuscitated. Had to be reanimated. I won't name the... the you won't name the... You won't know the um, the European team, so I w- I'm just going to give you the situation. Another amateur player had to be resuscitated. An assistant referee collapsed with a heart problem. A district league player uh, have, revived by an opponent. A player from uh, that club collapses in a regional league game. 17-year-old soccer player, heart attack. Goalkeeping coach suffered a heart attack. Lucas Surik, 24, unable to attend uh, the game due to suspicion of heart muscle disorder. Another 25-year-old has under, had to undergo heart surgery after cardiac arrhythmia. Trainer, uh, collapsed dead on the sidelines. 18-year-old Belgian uh, guy, Suffers heart attack during game. A World Cup qualifications match between Germany and Serbia. Line judge. Heart problems. Had to be carried off. Team leader of this club. Fatal heart attack before a game. 53-year-old football coach. Collapsed while training with his youth in Sicily. Another guy collapsed on the field with heart problems. Another one collapsed with heart problems in another league. Uh, 16-year-old suffered cardiac arrest in an under-18 league game. Belgian soccer player, 25, suffers cardiac arrest in early stages. This is just last year, months ago. Belgian amateur, uh, and probably some of this year, Belgian amateur soccer player. These are after the jab. 27, suddenly suffers heart attack during the game. Dies a little later in the hospital. 13-year-old soccer player. Uh, Can you imagine a 13-year-old playing down here in the river bottoms where we have all the soccer fields? Dropping dead over there after the shot? How would you feel about that? I I can't imagine. In Italy, 13-year-old collapses on the field with cardiac arrest. Sports director club in Italy. Suffers heart attack after returning from training. 45 years of age. Twenty-two year old collapses with cardiac arrest. Thirty-one year old uh collapsed on the field without any action from the opponent and had to be taken to the hospital. And it says, this is amazing. Exactly what is causing the increase in deaths and sudden collapses is unknown. Really? It's just unknown. Uh So, Dr. Yafa Shiraz has seen a five fold increase in sudden cardiac arrests just in 2021. Uh, He says the numbers are startling, yet no one appears to be looking at what's causing it. And no one looks into the reported increases in collapse and death this week. Yet another healthy young footballer collapsed during a game. Uh John Fleck colla- collapsed with no one around him during their game against Reading. Uh he made they got him to the hospital. It looks like he's still living. Unbelievable. So that's what's going on and what we're seeing is the hospitals lying and doctors now are being fired because they're now r- revealing information about what's going on, uh, what's going on in, inside the hospitals that nobody's wanting to talk about, and every time somebody does, they they uh, fire them or uh, do something with them to sh- to gag them to shut them up. Why do you think that is? Well, what we're seeing is that there's a lot of money being made during this uh, crisis, the COVID crisis. So you think, wow, I didn't make any money, Lou. I got laid off, or I just went on unemployment, or I lost my business, right? But what happened was, remember, all the box stores stayed open, all the big big companies stayed open, hospitals stayed open, and all the small people got shut down, right? It was one of the biggest transfers of wealth in the history of the world. I'll say that again. It's one of the biggest transfers of wealth in the history of the world. Do you remember during COVID that at one month, I think Amazon uh, hired 70,000 new people. So the people that are at the upper echelon of the world, the billionaires, the millionaires, the trillionaires, those people raked it in big time. Okay. And so when people went out of businesses, they bought up their businesses, right? And uh, so there's a transfer of wealth. And the idea is these people want to eliminate. Now, you might think that's impossible. People who would do such a thing? I'm telling you who would do such a thing. The people that are what we call eugenists, and they consider you slaves. They consider the average mom and pop and kids. They're just like serfs, S-E-R-F-S or slaves or people that are uh, expendable. Right. You're non-essential. You remember the concept they came up with during during covid of non-essential, non-essential businesses where you're non-essential. They haven't said that yet, but you are non-essential. That's why they could say to you, stay in your home, wear a mask, stand six feet apart. They treat you like a prisoner, like a convict incarcerated. Right. You're under their thumb. You're under their control. They took away your rights. They told your kids who were healthy as a horse and they, uh kids were immune to COVID to stay home. Totally ridiculous. That's just uh, what we're experiencing is a totalitarian takeover uh, of our country. Now, I want to uh, let me see here if I can do this real quick. Now there's a guy named Joseph Goebbels, G-O-E-B-B-E-L-S Joseph Goebbels his actual full name was Paul Joseph Goebbels, he was a German Nazi politician who was the uh, a chief propagandist for the, he became the chief propagandist for the Nazi party, and then the Reich Minister of Propaganda from 1933 to 1945 he was one of Adolf Hitler's closest and most devoted acolytes known for his skills in public speaking and his deeply virulent anti-Semitism, which was evident in his publicly voiced views. Um, he, He was a guy that in 1943, and the war was roaring, he actually asked Hitler to declare total war. In other words, he didn't figure out that he didn't believe that the German uh, citizens citizenry and businesses were totally engaged in the war. So he asked, uh, in other words, some, some, uh, people could get, uh, deferments and stay home. And some businesses, uh, that, that weren't entirely war connected, they were nonessential, they were open. And so he, he declared, he wanted Hitler to declare a total war, and you know what the difference between war and total war was in Germany? He wanted to shut down all non, I'm telling you, non-essential businesses. You heard that before? Non-essential. You're non-essential? That's exactly what the Nazis did. I'm not exaggerating. I'm not, I'm not looking for these terms. It's actually written there non-essential businesses for total war. That's exactly what the Yuba County and Sutter County supervisors did. And Dr. Uh, Joseph Mingla Fonglu, I, I've renamed her because she's the doctor of death for Sutter and Yuba counties. And Dr. Mingla was the doctor of experimentation of, and death. And so the the propagandist, I just learned this. I didn't know uh, all last year, but uh, I saw an email and uh, it was an email sent by Smart Marketing, and the owner of Smart Marketing is Crystal Martin. I've renamed her Crystal Joseph Goebbels Martin because she is uh, making money, a lot of money, on uh, getting people to take the jab. And and she uh, writes back in April of 2021... <coughs> On Tuesday, April thirteenth, she wrote to a lot of politicians in the area, decision makers on both sides of the river, as we call it, in two counties, and CEOs or CAOs, county administrative officers, and saying that she met with um, a man from the United, uh, the Western Farmworkers Association. He's an operation manager for Yuba-Sutter, Yolo, and Clusa County, and she wants to push shots and convince Mexicans to take the jab and she wants she was asking for four thousand dollars a month to be given to the united farm workers see all this is about money there's people in Ubisoft counties that made a lot of money off covid a lot of money and there's lots of people that uh lost all their money right it was a transfer of wealth totally criminal and, and evil is what it was so anyway, uh Crystal Martin writes, uh, she's she's the Joseph Gobel, she's the propagandist minister of the jab. She said, I think it's imper- imperative we figure out a way to work with WFWA, the farm workers, volunteers, and get them to set up vaccination on site within with in the state-run migrant camps in the coming weeks, so we can try and stave off a third wave. Just total baloney. She has no idea what she's talking about uh, unless she really knows what she's talking about. And she's just a liar like the propagandists were uh, in the Third Reich, right? When they when they stigmatized the Jews, the evil ones, the vermin, the rats, and uh, they were the ones causing problems in the country and dragging the country down. Well, now the Mexicans are because they won't take the jab, right? They're going to make everybody sick, right? They just look at you, snarl at you like, oh, you're unvaccinated. You're unclean like a leper during Jesus time. So she says having the Hispanic speaking volunteers is key to dispelling the vaccine myths. I, she doesn't spell out what the myths are. What are the vaccine myths? That it's good? That it's good, That it's bad? And April is like, oh, it's it's going to stop? What are the myths? The myths. Let me tell you what the myths are, that it's a vaccine. Let me tell you another myth, that it actually will make you uh, immune to COVID. That's a myth. Listen, another myth. Another myth is that you won't be able to give COVID to someone else. Have you ever heard of a vaccine where you can still get the illness and still give it to somebody else? Have you ever heard of a vaccine that... That's going to kill you. Have you ever heard of a vaccine that is going to cause you to be crippled, cause you to have uh, spasms, be spastic, to have all kinds of neurological problems, to get cancer? You ever heard of a vaccine? The myth is that of what the doctors that signed on with the Doctor uh, the Doctor of Death, Lou. They signed on about 20, 30 doctors and they said medical people saying this is safe, effective and tested. That's a myth. Those are all myths. A myth is something that's commonly believed that's totally inaccurate, right? Like you can get HIV from a drinking fountain. That's a myth, right? Or like Tony Fauci said that that kids who lived in a house with an a- HIV patient. I have him on video saying that they could get it from him just by being in the house. Totally ridiculous. The guys, the highest paid government employee in the United States. So anyway, she says, we're going to dispel the vaccine miss. And we're going to jab them. I wonder if she's going to take responsibility for the jabs and when they have bad reactions and kids die and parents die. Or are we just, are we sweeping it all into the rug over here at the hospital and at the coroner's office? Are the, are the, uh, are the death certificates being defra- fraudulently changed like they were when we started this thing back in early 2021? We changing the death certificates there, Dr. Lou. Supervisors, do we even care whether we're changing the death certificates? We're going to take a break. We're halfway through the show. We'll be back in just a few minutes.
9: Join Creative Light Theater and the 12 disciples as they learn who Jesus is.
1: Imagine being a fisherman, suddenly invited to follow Jesus, a new teacher with a radically new message. He sees you and wants you for his disciple. There are 12 of us that have risen to the top, and Jesus has made it clear that he wants to train us to carry on his work. (laughs) Frankly, we have a long way to go. I mean, when he talks to people, things change. He heals them. I've never seen anything like it. And boy, oh boy, are the religious leaders offended. They cannot stand that Jesus is more popular than they are. And us disciples are just happy to be along for the ride. But we're all asking ourselves, who is he really? Who else sees a bunch of uneducated fishermen and calls them to walk with him and to learn from him?
9: Come see our Christmas production of The Twelve, coming to the Embassy Theater at the Church of Glad Tidings, December 3rd through 7th at 7 p.m. nightly. Admission is free.
4: One of the many sad signs of our times is that people are not only playing the race card, they are playing the slavery card, which is supposedly the biggest trump of all. At the so-called Million Man March in Washington, poet Maya Angelou rang all the changes on slavery, at a rally billed as forward-looking and as being about black independence rather than white guilt. Meanwhile, best-selling author Dinesh D'Souza was being denounced in the media for having said that slavery was not a racist institution. First of all, anyone familiar with the history of slavery around the world knows that its origins go back thousands of years, and that slaves and slave-owners were very often of the same race. Those who are ignorant of all this, or who think of slavery in the United States as if it were the only slavery, go ballistic when anyone tells them that this institution was not based on race. Blacks were not enslaved because they were black, but because they were available at the time. Whites enslaved other whites in Europe for centuries before the first black slave was brought to the Western Hemisphere. Only late in history were human beings even capable of crossing an ocean to get millions of other human beings of a different race. In the thousands of years before that, not only did Europeans enslave other Europeans, Asians enslaved other Asians, Africans enslaved other Africans, and the native peoples of the Western Hemisphere enslaved other native peoples of the Western Hemisphere. D'Souza was right. Slavery was not about race— the fact that his critics are ignorant of history is their problem. What was peculiar about the American situation was not just that slaves and slave-owners were of different races, but that slavery contradicted the whole philosophy of freedom on which the society was founded. If all men were created equal, as the Declaration of Independence said, then blacks had to be depicted as less than men." While the antebellum South produced a huge volume of apologetic literature trying to justify slavery on racist grounds, no such justification was considered necessary in vast reaches of the world and over vast expanses of time. In most parts of the world, people saw nothing wrong with slavery. Strange as that seems to us today, a hundred years ago, only Western civilization saw anything wrong with slavery. And two hundred years ago, only a minority in the West thought it was wrong. Africans, Arabs, Asians, and others not only maintained slavery long after it was abolished throughout the Western Hemisphere, they resisted all attempts of the West to stamp out slavery in their lands during the age of imperialism. Only the fact that the West had greater firepower and more economic and political clout enabled them to impose the abolition of slavery as they imposed other Western ideas on the non-Western world. Those who talk about slavery as if it were just the enslavement of blacks by whites ignore not only how widespread this institution was and how far back in history it went, they also ignore how recently slavery continued to exist outside of Western civilization. While slavery was destroyed in the West during the nineteenth century, The struggle to end slavery elsewhere continued well into the twentieth century, and pockets of slavery still exist to this moment in Africa. But there is scarcely a peep about it from black leaders in America who thunder about slavery in the past. If slavery were the real issue, then slavery among flesh-and-blood human beings alive today would arouse far more outcry than past slavery among people who are long dead the difference is that past slavery can be cashed in for political benefits today, while slavery in north africa only distracts from these political goals worse yet talking about slavery in africa would undermine the whole picture of unique white guilt requiring unending reparations while the western world was just as guilty as other civilizations when it came to enslaving people for thousands of years It was unique only in finally deciding that the whole institution was immoral and should be ended. But this conclusion was by no means universal even in the Western world, however obvious it may seem to us today. Thousands of free blacks owned slaves in the antebellum South, and, years after the Emancipation Proclamation in the United States, whites as well as blacks were still being bought and sold as slaves in North Africa and the Middle East. Anyone who wants reparations based on history will have to gerrymander history very carefully. Otherwise, practically everybody would owe reparations to practically everybody else.
7: I want, this was just sent to me before the show started. A scandal in Slovenia. It's in Eastern Europe. Let me read this to you. A major scandal broke out in Slovenia yesterday, and today the whole of Slovenia is taking is talking about vaccinations. The senior nurse at the University Medical Center Center in Ljubljana. Who is in charge of receiving bottles and managing receiving the bottles of vaccine and managing everything? Resigned and went in front of the cameras and pulled out the vaccine bottles. He showed people the codes in the bottles, uh, each with one, two, or three numbers, uh, and then explained uh, the, the meaning of those numbers. Number one is a placebo or saline. Number two is a classic RNA flask. In other words, mRNA. And number three is an mRNA stick that contains the onco gene, which is linked to an adenovirus that promotes the development of cancer. In these bottles, number three says that people who have recently received it uh, within two years will get soft tissue cancer. That's number three. He said he was personally witnessing the injection of all politicians and great leaders, and they all got the first injection, saline solution. I, I was, I've was i been wondering about that all along. All these supposed leaders or the leaders supposedly getting a shot, they are leaders, whether you like them or not, uh, whether they're really getting injected or they're just faking it or whether they're getting a shot of saline, right? Now, there's all kinds of talk that Gavin Newsom is suffering from guillain barr syndrome, which is a neurological ailment. Some people believe that part of um, President Biden's problems are related to the vaccine. But they're all hiding it because they don't... No one wants to admit that there are problems problems with this vaccine. I wanted to... uh, I wanted to go back here and uh, actually, let me mention a couple other people that uh, have been helping us this last couple of years. Let's see. We're in our one, two, three, one. I'm just one, two, three. Okay. So what I want to do here in a few minutes, uh, let me mention a couple people and then I'm going to... Uh, introduce the Stu peters clip to you hold on just a second let me get on my right page all right i need to get down to about 13 yeah i'm just time i'm timing my recording here to get it all dialed in tight so it comes out nice i want to thank uh also guys that aren't listed uh here are workers that make this production happen and that t- tanner martis out in uh Texas, who actually puts the uh, podcast together and makes it all smooth and function well. And he's been helping me from the very beginning. It's 139 weeks now and helped me set this all up in the beginning. Tanner Martis, thank you very much. And also uh, here now with the live show, uh, Santos Vigil. We call him Wiki Man, based on Wikipedia because I always kidded him. He always had the answer. So he is uh, also a big a big, uh, part of this. And also, uh, at the KMYC program, the live program, Ernie Friesen who bought a station and then had it arsoned and burnt down and rebuilt the station, a local, uh, great guy, a businessman, uh, making it possible to be on the show over there. So also wanted to mention Thrifty Reuter who, uh, is, does a great job in our area they have so many resources they they do plumbing work as well as they do you know we're in a rural area so sometimes folks have to have septic systems and sometimes they need their septic tank pumped for a, if there's a problem and uh the cool thing is that thrifty rooter has the big trucks that can come out there and just boom they, they just get there and hook it up and and they solve that part of the problem and then work on solving why it why it backed up so uh, ThriftyRooter is really easy to get a hold of. They have a great website, ThriftyRooter, that's Reuter, Rooter, dot .net, ThriftyRooter.net. And you could go there and see all the services they provide. You can send them an email right off there. You can dial them off there, 530-673-8201, 530-673-8201. You can, in the middle of the night, you, have, you come up with a problem. You can just send them an email, say, hey, can, can you come by in the morning? And fix my sink, fix my toilet, fix my my water line, fix my sewage line, whatever it is. They will they will get you done. Also, they're looking for workers. If you want to have a good trade, plumbing is a great trade. So check it out. Let me mention one more, and then we'll we'll get back to business here. Uh, green, greenest Construction. Uh, they they are knocking out one kitchen after another. They normally we pitch kitchens and baths with these guys. They're still doing a lot of baths. Bathrooms, But they um, they got so many kitchens lined up that they're they're just focusing on that right now. But if you've got a bathroom or a kitchen or a small remodel or a big remodel, uh, that's our gig. That's what they do best, and they're the best in town or best in our region for it. So you can check it out for yourself at greenetsconstruction.com. They have photos there before and after. That's green with E-T-Z on the end of that, Greenets dot GreenitzConstruction.com or Dave Greenitz Facebook page. And then you could dial them up. You want to go old school, you can text or dial them at 530-682-9602. 530-682-9602. Now, let me uh, mention this because this is interesting. What What's going on in America, and we have a big problem in California, but you may or may not have it in your state but we have what we call activist judges, and those are judges that that instead of just taking the law and applying it to the, the situation, they are interpreting, uh, coming up with their own interpretation of the law and changing the law from what it started out to be. And um, so uh, it's so bad <clears throat> that the—I uh, believe it's the Ninth Circuit, which is here in California— uh, their their uh, decisions continually get overturned at the Supreme Court because they're just baloney. They're just so full of baloney. And there's so many uh, activist judges and flawed judges or crummy judges in California that if a person wants to sue a big organization like it, that's a multinational or they're uh, in a number of states, they will go to another state and sue them rather than in California. So in in um, we a couple of years ago in 2018 in November, the county of Yuba put a the supervisors put a ballot measure uh, up that said they wanted that they, they focused on uh needing money for public safety and they wanted a one percent sales tax added to the state sales tax. And so when they do that locally, then they keep the whole one percent uh locally to spend on whatever the whatever they promoted, so they pitched really hard, they pitched that this is public safety and all that kind of stuff and there's rules in california if you if you just want a general tax like hey, we need more money in general, uh and we're gonna use it on all these kinds of things but uh we, but we have we're not legally restricted we just want to spend it anywhere then you just have to get 50% plus one voter over 50% to okay that if you want to spend it on oh we want to build a new gymnasium we want to build a new town center we want to build a new sewage system for the city we want to build a new firehouse a specific project like that or 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 public safety or fire departments, or et cetera, then you need a two thirds vote to approve that, right? That's what the propositions that were passed by the voters, Prop 13, Prop uh, 218, and Prop 57, all said you need a two thirds vote for special taxes. So, anyway, when they put put this tax on um, the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association, which is of tax fighters and uh, consumer helpers that we have in california howard jarvis taxpayers association they contacted yuba county supervisors they said hey you've written this ordinance wrong uh, you've got it written as if it's a special tax but you're only saying you need 50 plus plus one basically they just thumb their noses at howard jarvis this is what they do for a living every day and uh, so when the thing passed at 53 percent the yuba county supervisors and all the Yuba County employees jumped up and down for glee and then they got sued and the super uh the su- superior court judge Stephen Barrier in Yuba County said yep I agree with the people filing the lawsuit it is a special tax and you needed two-thirds not 53 percent so then the the county. Uh, appealed it to three appellate court justices who turned around and said, no, we agree with the supervisors. So this is the first time that Howard Jarvis has written specifically their take on it. So I wanted to read it to you. This is a summary of cases from their docket. I, I belong to the Howard Jarvis Tax Prison Association. I'm a don't, I, I donate to them. I'm a member. So I get these legal briefs on these lawsuits all over the state. They say Howard Jarvis, taxpayers versus County of Yuba special sales tax disguised as a general tax upheld major K on November 28 2018 ballot in Yuba County asked voters to approve a 1% sales tax increase for public safety hyphen essential services in quotes, the ordinance listed exclusive special purposes followed all government code requirements for a special tax and created no option for defaulting to general services. H.J.T.A. advised the county that it was special tax requiring two-thirds vote. The county ignored our advice, and when Major K. received a 54% vote, I may have said 53%, it's either 53 or 54%. Anyway, the county declared it passed. H.J.T.A. filed a complaint to invalidate the tax. trial court sided with us, declared Major K. invalid because it was obviously a special tax disguised as a general tax, and without a two-thirds vote, it did not pass. The county, however, appealed. Our, just what I said went to the Third District Court of Appeal, and the court—listen to this—the Court of Appeal reversed uh, the the uh, Superior Court decision. The decision. This is what's important. I'm telling you that the government right now is running roughshod over the citizens, and of course, people that work for government are okay with it because that's that's how they're getting their their pensions paid for. Uh, and their payments, and they're 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 the highest paid they get paid about a third more uh the average pay of a government employee is about a third more than the average pay of a, a private employee in Yuba county just in Yuba county, and they 're paid till they drop dead. The decision invented here 's the important part the decision by the appellate court invented this is what 's dangerous about judges invented. A new, narrower test for finding a special tax than the one utilized in earlier cases. In other words, there's there's precedent on these in earlier cases. Let me say it again. The decision invented a new, narrower test for finding a special tax than the one utilized in earlier cases. Holding that revenue from the tax must be dedicated to a specific project or program to qualify as a special tax. So um, that's the situation that we're in right now. And the only way to reverse this, it's a 10-year tax. The only way to reverse this is to uh, put it on on a ballot and repeal it. So that's, that's what we're faced with here in Yuba County. And I missed my window. I'm going to have to get it next break. I'm going to have to move these back and do it differently uh, on my uh, Stu Peters. I've been putting off the Stu Peters deal I was supposed to do it this cl- this section, and I missed it. So I'll have to do it right after the break here where we've got five minutes to go. So I'll I'll go on and, and get on to something else. I wanted to mention also... Um, Uh, Let's see if you need if you need help with medical and you can't find in California, we're still having problems with doctors and health officers like uh, our Dr. Death here. I hear through the grapevine that she is pursuing local medical doctors to uh, ding their licenses and report them to the medical board if they are if they are. Treating people with hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin and budescinide, and she's still blessing the hospital who's getting a huge amounts of, of of dollars, tens of thousands th- tens of thousands of dollars each to treat COVID patients in the ICU, and then they get paid for for giving them remdesivir, which is killing them, and putting them on the vent. And in fact, the hospital is getting a bonus if they will, will give them only remdesivir. Remdesivir is bad news. And uh, so if you want doctors that will treat you and get you fixed so you don't have to go to the hospital, you can reach out to myfreedoctors.com. You can go to com. and you can go to uh or you could go to in, instead of writing that all out america's frontline doctors you can go to aflds.com aflds.com you can also go to dr stella it's, it's dr stella emmanuel from Houston Texas but it's dr stella md com. and the other thing uh, oh yeah the dr artis artis com. this is a great website all of these are great actually the dr a r d i s show dot com now also i just looked uh l- let me just see if i can pull this up so i can just scroll down here uh, this is a a website we set up last year earlier in the year and i i'm I'm, I'm even impressed on how I didn't do it. I just helped get it started. It's called FreedomCo.net. Freedom Co. Like stands for FreedomCoalition.net, but or network. Freedom Coalition Network, but it, we call it FreedomCo.net. Go there. It says Freedom Coalition up in the corner, and it says making a stand against tyranny. You scroll down a bit. If ever a time should come when vain and aspiring men shall possess the highest seats in government. Our country will stand in need of its experienced patriots to prevent its ruin. Samuel Adams, founder of of the uh, country. So then it has a a little video with uh, the lady that put this site together. And uh, her name's Courtney Ortega, a little video by her. But then you keep scrolling down, confused over so much COVID information. Check out vaccine facts to gather information, history on vaccinations and the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, Click here. Boom. Then it go down. It's time to privatize your business. You want to know how to start a PMA, um, private member association. That's where you can get out from under all these mandates and rules. Okay. We're, we're all working on that up here. Click here. Then then there's uh, embassy private education center, EPIC, EPEC, need a new center for K-12 students, new learning center. You can click there and go over to that. So if you go to freedomcode.net, this is an <clears throat> epic is in Sutter County. No masks, no no social distancing, uh, no distance learning uh, unless you want to, but you don't have to stay apart. Uh, people mix it up, play together, hang out together, eat together, you have lunch together, need help with a religious exemption. They got downloads, instructions, church of glad tidings, pastoral help you, fact sheet on religious exemptions. Scroll down. You got you find Peggy Hall at the at the healthyamerican.org. Thehealthyamerican.org. So you can uh it's she's got a deal here for Kaiser and all employers. You are required to accommodate religious exemptions. She's got a a video there she's got she's on all kinds of platforms she got run off new youtube on some but she's on rumble bit shoot uh brighteon she's on a lot of them uh how to get out of wearing a mask a face mask at a store uh what is metaverse uh there's all kinds of covid narrative is crumbling regarding the vaccine um uh, the genetic bioweapon and the COVID-19 vaccine, all kinds of videos, all great information uh, that you can listen to. OK, documented videos, video series. So you can also find if you're from California, about 10 or 11, 12 counties are now involved. Let me see if I can. The coalition. Let's see. One, one, two, three, four, five, six. six yeah. 13, 15 counties, something like that. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back, okay?
3: I'll make a rich woman beg, and I'll make a good woman steal. I'll make an old woman blush, and I'll make a young girl squeal. I want to be yours, pretty baby. Yours and yours alone. I'm here to tell you, honey. And I'm bad to the
6: pole
1: okay so it's happening they are now requiring vaccine passports in new york city to enter a bar or a restaurant or a theater mayor de blasio is calling it the key to new york city pass now if you didn't get the vaccine i don't want you to panic there is good news if you didn't get the vaccine, you do not need to show this pass to get access to being groped by Governor Cuomo. Uh, he'll just touch you. He doesn't care if you're uh, COVID positive, negative. So again, no pass necessary. He'll just go right up that skirt or you know, reach around, whatever. So ah, we can all breathe. And um, that's the good news of the day.
9: In the first half of the 19th century, 4 million Blacks worked as slaves imprisoned on plantations in the American South. They were prevented from learning how to read, their families were forcibly broken up, and if they tried to escape, they were severely and brutally punished. The owners of these plantations were almost without exception, Democrats. Before the Civil War, slave-owning Democrats used Black bodies to massively increase the number of votes they got in Congress and the Electoral College. Because of the three-fifths compromise, a single Democrat in Georgia who owned five slaves got four times the representation as a single white abolitionist in Pennsylvania who didn't own any. So for Democrats, it has always been about using black bodies for political power. How they are used may vary, but the plantation model remains a constant, even today. Despite the fact that blacks are no longer enslaved, Many Black children barely learn to read in poorly performing schools. Our families are often shattered by misguided welfare policies, and if we try to escape, we still face punishment. Of course, the plantations of the 21st century are not physical. They are virtual. The owners of these plantations are once again, almost without exception, Democrats. Think about it. What today are certain areas of Chicago, Baltimore, Detroit, St. Louis, Atlanta, Milwaukee, and Philadelphia, all run for decades by Democrats, but virtual plantations? Many who live in these areas are largely, if not totally, dependent on their masters, the politicians, for their food, housing, and health care. It's hardly a fair exchange. The politicians become wealthy. The residents become boat slaves, sustained just barely by government transfer payments. And just like the plantations of yesteryear, which demanded a consistent breakdown of the Black family to reinforce its system of buying and selling slaves, Democrats today incentivize similar family corrosion through their policies, fostering dependence not on mom and dad, but on the government. To give just one example, virtually every inner city school provides free breakfast and lunch. Sounds generous, but... What it really does is remove the traditional responsibility from parents by handing it over to the state. Yet many do break free from this oppressive system. Like the fugitive slave Frederick Douglass once did, they run toward a better life. But leaving the plantation still entails great risk. Of course, today it's not the whip or the lash, it's libel and slander. The purpose is to bring black conservatives within an inch of their professional and sometimes personal lives, a warning that rebellion will not be tolerated. Don't believe it? Just ask Dr. Ben Carson, Hoover Institution economist Thomas Sowell, or Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas to cite three prominent examples. Carson, one of the most celebrated brain surgeons of the modern era, has been called stupid by the legacy media because he has conservative political views. Thomas Sowell, who went to Harvard and taught at Cornell, Amherst, and UCLA, and may be the nation's most brilliant economist, has largely been ignored while many lesser lights have been celebrated. Clarence Thomas, one of the luminous legal minds of our time, was the victim of a massive smear campaign during his nomination to the Supreme Court. Because of his conservative views, his reputation was dragged through the media mud. This is how he described the experience. It is a high-tech lynching for uppity blacks who in any way deign to think for themselves, to do for themselves, to have different ideas. And it is a message that unless you kowtow to an old order, this is what will happen to you. You will be lynched, destroyed, caricatured, rather than hung from a tree. Today's plantation owners will do anything to hold on to what they see as their property. Little wonder. In 2012, Barack Obama received 93% of the black vote. In 2016, Hillary Clinton received 88%. That dip was a critical factor in Clinton's loss. The Democrats know that they can't lose the black vote and win a national election, so they make up lies. They say America was founded for the purpose of perpetuating slavery. They say white people hate us. They say the entire system is racist and that our only hope is them, the same old Democrats. The plantation owners know what will happen if Blacks demand that their children receive a good education, if they shake off their dependence on government handouts, if they refuse to see themselves as victims and instead embrace all the opportunities America offers. The plantation system would collapse once and for all. In the 19th century, we had to depend on others to be liberated. This time, we have to do it ourselves. Will we? I'm Candace Owens, author of Blackout, how Black America can make its second escape from the Democrat plantation for Prairie University.
7: Our fifth segment and uh, we're going to listen to uh, in a few minutes, we're going to listen to this uh, Stu Peters clip with Dr. David Martin. But first of all, I wanted to a friend of mine who used to uh, live and work here for many, many years and is a veteran military veteran and also served uh, in the uh, uh, law enforcement field uh, here, there and everywhere probation and then for Homeland security, etc. But, um, He sent me this. I thought it was good because uh, I I worked as a chaplain, a volunteer chaplain for uh, Marysville Police Department here and also did other work for other law enforcement agencies, sheriff and police departments. So I've known lots of law enforcement and I have many, many law enforcement friends have great respect for law enforcement. And so I want to read this to you because there's all this pressure in many uh, communities, not so much ours, ours. But uh, in other like Sacramento, uh, bigger cities in in Oakland, San Francisco, all over the United States. But he sent this. He said, most cops are are uh, he just passed along. I don't think he wrote this. Maybe he did. But uh, whoever wrote it is good. He said, most cops are salt of the earth people. Unlike politicians, they will never get rich and are held to the highest standards. They are sons, daughters, wives, husbands and fathers. None perfect, but they all strive for excellence in service and are willing to sacrifice their own lives for others. The propaganda of the Democrats, Marxists, and media is evil. Portraying them as something less is pure ignorance. Like all professors, not everyone is a choir boy. Or, sorry, like all professions, not everyone is a choir boy. During my career, I only met two Who didn't make the grade and they were terminated. Most officers serve their community as mentors, coaches, and volunteers in every area of service to other to their communities. Defund the police is a Marxist ideology and will destroy your community. The cities that are not funding their law enforcement agencies have the highest crime rates, including murder, and are typically run by Democrats. Do your own research and learn the truth. Thank you to all who protect and serve, especially our men and women in the military now it's, it's interesting um, because i I never was on staff as I say, where I went and did an eight hour shift or a twelve hour shift or ten hour shift for uh, law enforcement, but I did uh, ride for thousands of hours over the years for many many years rode rode and rode along with law enforcement. So I was there, whatever happened, I was there. Uh, and certainly being in a department, you may not know all the details of why someone is now no, no longer with the department, but uh, you realize there was a problem. And the, the the good thing is they moved on and they found another line of work instead of this, if there was an issue, whether an issue of honesty or uh, some other uh compromising of their integrity in some other way okay so that that's that's cool now the fact is that the media is being controlled by the global cabal if i can say it that way and they have a reason they want to defund the police because they want to create chaos and you might think why why would an american or anybody want to create chaos in a community it just hurts people the fact is these people don't think like you And they don't think like me. Uh, They want to create chaos because if it gets chaotic and the system breaks down and you cut off people's businesses and you cut off their freedom and you force them out of school and you force them to wear masks and you force them to take vaccinations and you won't let them go here and you won't let them go there and you can't get on an airplane. That will lead to more higher and higher and more and more control. Security and control. It's just like when the the Twin Towers occurred, what happened? We ended up with a thing called TSA and the Patriot Act. Both of them severely eroded our freedoms. The TSA is a joke. It's just a complete billion-dollar joke. And they they can't prove that they've saved anybody from dying from terrorists in this TSA thing. You remember we used to be able to just go to the airport, get your— Plane coupon, get your ticket, walk up and just wait for the plane. Get on the plane. You didn't have to. You put your baggage, check your baggage in. You didn't have to go through all the scanning. Take your shirt off. Take your pants off. Take your coat off. Take your belt off. Take your shoes off. Total ridiculous. It's just total manipulation. It's, it's the same as stand on the X, sixty apart wear a mask, do this, do that. It's just more of that baloney. They're trying to take over every society. And so defunding the police, it isn't about uh, police uh, excessive violence. It isn't about police racism. This is all fraudulent propaganda. You remember I talked about Joseph Goebbels? They created propaganda to stir up the German people against the jews and gypsies and others right that's exactly what the government of yuba and sutter counties is doing is stirring up uh, and they're doing it in every county and they're doing it in states stirring up the public against one another divide and conquer divide and conquer blacks against whites vaccinated against unvaccinated right teachers against parents right on and on there every area of our life is just in an uproar right now so um well i want to uh introduce this we're going to listen to dr david martin it's about a 13 minute clip here and then uh i'll come back in at the end and just kind of give a little uh transition to the end of the uh the segment here but we're gonna listen to uh this is Stu peters you can get him on all the platforms probably i look at him on rumble Br- bit probably Brighteon, a whole bunch of them Stu peters he's he interviews people every day he's got a great podcast listen to him whenever you can and so um, here we go right now Dr. David
10: Martin has been spending the past year and a half fighting to unravel what he says is the global conspiracy of coronavirus centralized right here in the United States. Coronavirus may have first been identified in late 2019 in China, but Dr. Martin says the pandemic was planned, and you can see the planning start all the way back in 2015. Dr. Martin points to an event in that year where EcoHealth Alliance's Peter Daszak said this, quote, until an infectious disease crisis is very real, present, at an emergency threshold, it's often largely ignored. To sustain the funding base beyond the crisis, we need to increase public understanding of the need for medical countermeasures such as a pan-influenza or pan-coronavirus vaccine. A key driver is the media, and the economics will follow the hype. We need to use that hype to our advantage to get to the real issues. Investors will respond if they see profit at the end of the process, end quote. Dr. Martin says schools like MIT, NYU, and the University of California are part of a group that he dubs the COVID Pirates other parties include the American and Chinese governments the International Monetary Fund and BlackRock Martin says that these groups are guilty of criminal conspiracy in a terrorist plot against the American people and Dr David Martin joins us now Dr Martin thank you so much for being here Stu always an honor to be here so take us through the criminal conspiracy who committed it what crimes were committed and how this can the exposure of this can end this nightmare known as COVID-19
1: well we got to go back to 1984 when Anthony Fauci took over at NIAID, and two years later, railroaded the first step in a global conspiracy to actually create a human dependency on vaccines. It is important for us to realize that the 1986 Act, which famously gave vaccine manufacturers immunity from liability and put that liability on the shoulders of the American people, was in fact the first step in a very long march to this moment in time. And the fact of the matter is every single pathogen that has come out from 1986 until the present has unfortunately yielded a public that still is dubious about vaccines. And as Peter Daszak said in his very famous quote from the National Academy of Sciences in 2016, February of 2016, the issue is we must create hype to get the public to buy off on what now is a gene therapy being illegally marketed as a vaccine so that the human race becomes dependent forever on the modified genetics created by a vaccine industry out of control. This is, without question, a financial racketeering domestic terrorism case which has international implications and violates at least 7 criminal felony laws in the united states and we'll go over those in detail but we've got to be really clear on the fact this was not a public health emergency this was a criminal conspiracy to create a domestic terrorism event pure and simple and a domestic terrorism is
10: is the shot that's being falsely referred to as a vaccine do you consider this thing to be a bioweapon
1: there's no question it is a bioweapon in 1998 Ralph Barrick at the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill perfected what was called an infectious replication defective clone of coronavirus, specifically amplifying the spike protein so that it targeted human lung and cardiac epithelial and endothelial tissue. This was from a decade-long research he had done into using coronavirus to amplify cardiomyopathy in rabbits. In other words, picking a thing that was known to kill animals and amplifying it so that it would actually target humans. Anthony Fauci funded research in 1998 that was ultimately patented by the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill in 2002. And you heard that date correctly, 2002, a year before we ever heard the word SARS anywhere in the world. A year earlier, UNC Chapel Hill patented the coronavirus recombinant condition that actually made an infectious replication defective clone of coronavirus specifically to target human tissue. Uh, Take us through. I know some of the felonies
10: here lying before Congress. This has been done at least three times by Fauci in front of Rand Paul. Uh, We haven't seen a criminal referral. Ron Johnson has that authority. Rand Paul has that authority. But you say that there are seven felonies. Take us through them.
1: Yeah, well, so. Obviously, the the ones that are easiest are the ones that are self-evident. 18 U.S. Code, subsection 2339C, which is a felony, which is punishable by 99 years in prison and up to $100 million of fines if it involves corporations, is actually funding and conspiring to commit acts of terror. There is no question under the law and under section 802 of the Patriot Act, which we're going to get to in a minute, but under Section 8 of 2 of the Patriot Act, anything that is designed to coerce the public or governments into taking actions that they would not otherwise take is considered domestic terrorism, and specifically under the 18 U.S. Code, funding and conspiring to commit acts of terror is something that Anthony Fauci and his criminal conspirators have been doing since 2002, when we knew that there was, in fact, a successful N.I.D. platform, which was to essentially weaponize coronavirus. 18 U.S. Code, section 2331, and obviously the following sections, which we referred to as the Patriot Act, says that any American or any act of domestic terrorism that ultimately results in the death of American citizens, too is a felony. And these two lead us down to the felony of at least reckless homicide, if not full-on murder. The reason why I'm actually very careful with this one is because there is a published document for Pfizer that says that they have an acceptable death rate, and I want that word to chill into your consciousness, an acceptable death rate for their vaccines. That means there's premeditation loss of life, and we either have a a civil action about wrongful death or a criminal action of reckless homicide or murder which is actually associated with any company that says that we have an acceptable death rate for the products that are produced. Obviously 18 US code section 1001 lying to Congress is not just the theater that Rand Paul and Anthony Fauci engage in, but more insidiously Stu, and this one goes to the heart of the racketeering conspiracy. When Congress and the Congressional Budget Office in the fall of 2020 asked for an accounting from NIH, on the patents and the commercial interests that they owned in the proposed therapeutic interventions, including the vaccines and including other drugs, they failed to disclose any, and listen carefully to what I'm saying, they failed to disclose any of NIH, NIAID, or its affiliated organizations financial interest in anything doing with coronavirus. That includes all the mRNA platforms, that includes remdesivir, and that includes Merck's most recent announcement that in partnership with Ridgeback Pharmaceuticals, they are in fact rolling out their new drug, which is like a you know remdesivir 2.0. The fact of the matter is none of those were disclosed in the published audited report that was given to Congress in October of 2020. 15 US code sections one through three, all felony criminal conspiracies for conducting commercial activity. And listen, in this one, it's clear and simple. To get to an emergency use authorization, you have to say there are no commercial alternatives. You have to disqualify every other treatment. And you know, Stu, that what they've been doing is taking treatment after treatment after treatment, even ones they approved in the past, off the table, so that the only solution that could be offered are drugs and injections that are in fact Incapable of standing up to the scrutiny of genuine clinical trials and must be authorized under emergency use authorization only. They have manipulated the markets under three different felonies of our antitrust laws. And then 15 U.S. Code, Section 8, market manipulation and allocation. Over $50 million has been awarded to the criminal conspirators without competition, meaning that the federal government is giving the winners. Since 2012, giving the winners money that is not open and fair competition in violation of 15 U.S. Code Section 8. And last but not least, this is the most important one in terms of the prima facie case, 15 U.S. Code Section 19 interlocking directorates. This is actually a law that's been on the books since the Clayton Act improvement to the Sherman Act in our antitrust laws in the United States. And what it says is that you cannot allow people with commercial interlocking interests. In other words, people who should be in open competition. You cannot allow them to serve on the same board and accomplish anything because what will happen is they will have insider information which makes their actions necessarily conflicted and by definition anti-competitive. Across the board, those are the crimes.
10: Do sitting members of our U.S. Senate and U.S. Congress have this information?
1: Do they know this? They do indeed. In fact, Ron Johnson has all of this information. Rand Paul has all of this information. And courtesy of an amazing group up in Wisconsin, uh, Cole Publishing, every single sitting member of the United States Senate has received all of this information. And they did it about six and a half months ago. Not a single person to date save Rand Paul's one request for referral to the Department of Justice. Not one seating member of Congress has actually taken action on what we know to be prima facie. These are not, by the way, crimes that require investigation. These are crimes by their own admission. Remember that the quote you read from Peter Daschuk from 2016, published February of 2016, which says we need the media to create hype to get the public to accept the thing. Oh, and they've done that it. is by definition coercion. That is a felony. That is domestic terrorism. And we must call it what it is. They've this is it,
10: premeditated murder. And they continue to do it constantly. That's over and over with new variants and the, the, the pandemic of the unvaccinated uh, and pictures and images of children dying from supposedly coronavirus. When we know uh, that that's just an absolute fallacy, it's not true. They won't touch the death rate. We're not. not allowed to see the deaths that are caused by this thing other than on the very unreliable vaccine adverse events reporting system, which only uh, less than one percent of vaccine injuries are reported to. So, OK, Ron Johnson has this. Every sitting member of the U.S. Senate has this. We've seen the grandstanding in the, the viral exchanges of rhetoric between uh, Rand Paul and Tony Fauci. These crimes are out there. Uh, everybody is saying Okay, our election was stolen right out in front of us. Okay, the audit was done. It's come and gone. Okay, uh, th- th- this, this coronavirus, we know, it's, we know it as the planned-demic. And Peter Daszak, by his own admission, is saying this was a planned-demic. Uh, yeah. Documents and patents going all the way back to 2015 and probably even before that prove that this yep. was a planned-demic. Um, so we, we know all this. Not a court in the world is going to do anything about this. We're just getting trampled over by this bureaucracy, by this beast system. What can people actually do? How can somebody take action to stop this right now?
7: All right. So that's the first segment uh, of two. And we'll listen to the uh, we're going to have a break here in just uh, about a half minute. We're going to have a break and then we'll have our final segment. And that will include the second half of the interview with uh, Stu peters and dr david martin now dr david martin uh i've met him a couple of times uh picked him up at the airport brought him up to a conference here in yuba city and uh he's just exactly as you're listening to him very very sharp guy very intelligent guy so we're going to be uh we got a few clips here to listen to, and it will be right back, and we'll wrap up uh, the day with uh, listening to this second segment, and then I've got some other things to talk about, okay? Get up, Hang you with
2: stand
3: us. Up.
4: No
11: remaining doubt that Kyle Rittenhouse acted in self-defense during the riots last summer in Kenosha. Every shot Rittenhouse fired was captured on videotape and from multiple angles. Every single witness who testified this week at the trial confirmed exactly what happened. And here are the facts of it. A convicted child rapist called Joseph Rosenbaum was released from a mental hospital and then went directly to join the mob that was burning downtown Kenosha. Once he got to the riot, Rosenbaum saw Kyle Rittenhouse and immediately threatened to kill him. Rosenbaum then chased Rittenhouse and tried to pull the gun from his hands. When he did that, Kyle Rittenhouse shot him. So Joseph Rosenbaum died as he had lived, trying to touch an unwilling miner.
0: Well, what do you know? It turns out the media lied again. The narrative that Christmas parade killer Darrell Edward Brooks was just fleeing a knife fight when he plowed through dozens of people was complete bunk. I wanted to dispel some rumors. There's no pursuit. Up to this incident. The affidavit has now been released containing on the ground testimony from eyewitnesses and police. They say Brooks, quote, appeared to rapidly accelerate and, quote, took an abrupt left turn into the crowd of parade participants. That this was, quote, an intentional act to strike and hurt as many people as possible. And that the vehicle was observed, quote, to be intentionally moving side to side, striking multiple people. Another eyewitness said the SUV was driving in a zigzag pattern with, quote, a direct intent to hit as many parade participants. As we told you from the beginning, this was a deliberate attack. But the media seems to be afraid of asking the one crucial question. Why did he do it? It was deliberate, intentional homicide. Why? What was the motive? What did he tell the police? It's in Wisconsin, two days after the Rittenhouse verdict. The killer is posting on Facebook about the Rittenhouse verdict. He previously posted his support for BLM. He posted a picture of a fruit bowl arranged to display the letters BLM with a raised fist. Calls for random attacks on white people and anti-police rap songs where he name drops George Floyd. Do you think any of that could possibly inform the killer's motive or did he just randomly in the spur of the moment, decide to rampage through a crowd of people for no reason whatsoever. One prominent BLM supporter even tacitly embraced the attack as a form of revenge for the Rittenhouse verdict. This has to do with the verdict. The revolution has started. It was cast. But according to Wikipedia, It was just a car crash. According to CBS News, it was just a parade crash. NBC News is still calling it an accident.
10: Whether it has anything to do with this uh, uh, accident
1: last night, accident, accident, accident. Leftist media
0: outlets like the Daily Beast are angry. But not at the killer. No, they're angry at Andy No, because he posted screenshots from the killer's Facebook page. Why was it pertinent to troll through Kyle Rittenhouse's social media history over a self-defense incident which had nothing to do with race? But after an incident where a race supremacist deliberately runs over tons of people in a deliberate attack, going through his social media history, oh no, that's the bad faith work of trolls. Imagine if a white supremacist who had advocated violence against black people who had expressed support for far-right extremist causes, who had name-dropped Dylan Roof or Anders Breivik, had then deliberately ploughed a vehicle through a BLM rally? Do you think the media would be calling it an accident or a car crash? Do you think the authorities would be refusing to divulge any information on a potential political or racial motive? Do you think they'd have largely brushed it under the carpet in the space of 48 hours? No, of course not. They'd be all over it like white on rice. This would be Charlotte times a hundred we'd never hear the end of it. Victims of this horrendous attack including children are still dying in hospital. No visit to the victims from Biden No national mourning and an increasingly diminished media interest. Kamala Harris visited Jacob Blake in hospital and helped raise bail money for violent criminals. Yet in this case, the White House hasn't even helped promote fundraisers for the victims. Well, I will, and they're in the description below. Daryl Edward Brooks was set free to conduct his rampage, thanks to being freed on bond two days before for the measly bail sum of $1,000. The district attorney responsible for this suicide, policy even previously admitted that it was quote guaranteed someone is quote going to go out and kill somebody as a result of this bail reform but bail is racist see so apparently it's all worth it and what was AOC's response to the attack in Wisconsin the day after the massacre the day after she took to Twitter to lobby for more bail reform and not a single tweet not a single word about the attack in Wisconsin. These people are truly sick. Six people are dead, at least 62 are injured. 13 children remain hospitalized and six are in critical condition. And purely because the entire thing completely demolishes the media's contrived moral panic hysteria About white supremacy being the biggest terror threat, they'll do whatever it takes to obfuscate, ignore, or bury the truth.
11: News organizations spent more than a year telling us that a case that had precisely nothing to do with race was somehow a referendum on the civil rights of black people and the rise of white supremacy. So if it turns out those lies, and they are lies, got six people murdered, they'll probably be the last to tell us that.
8: me tired, last week, the me
0: I'm
7: away. Okay, uh, we're in our away. last segment, and I wanted to mention a couple of our uh, sponsors to say thanks to them and, and uh, encourage you if you need them. Uh, they're around here if you're listening from our area here in Northern California. So we got uh, one other plumber here, the plumbing doctor. Uh, they serve you, Sutter counties. Thrifty Rooter serves a few other counties as well in the surrounding area. Plumbing doctor is 530 671 You can reach them 24 hours a day, and they will uh, serve you 24 hours a day. And uh, great people. I, in fact, all these people, I know I wouldn't even have them on here if I thought they were a questionable or uh, if I wouldn't use them myself. I, in fact, I've used every one of these people, uh, myself. Uh, so, uh, elite universal security also, uh, Monty Hecker and his wife have started this, uh, security business, security business many years ago when he, he got out of the air force and, uh, he is a vet and they've built this business from scratch, just like the thrifty rooter people have and greenest construction, plumbing doctor, north valley paralegal uh all power Service. you know a lot of these people are what the type of people that make America great, and they start their own businesses and they got skin in the game and so Monty Hecker started this business and now even though he's his headquarters is in Yuba county in northern california it's uh they they are serving all kinds of counties in northern California we consider about twenty four counties of the fifty eight counties of California in nor in the north part. And so they're scattered all over. So if you're listening uh and you think, oh, I'm not in Yuba or Sutter and and but but if you would like to be a guard or work in surveillance or patrol or whatever they call it, uh they will train you to do that. And they have some of the classes online, some of the classes you would take in Yuba County. But maybe you're trained, and maybe you just want to work part time, or maybe you just got out of a government job, or maybe you got out of a police job, and you you want to work. You know, you're bored, and um, you you want a part time job. So they, I met a fellow I went to high school with, and he said, "Lou, I got finished. He was a delivery drove a delivery service van, then delivered milk for years, and his whole career was delivering to grocery stores." And he said, "I just." It drove me crazy staying home so you went to work as a guard um, and cleared people coming into the courthouse so you might want to check into uh doing that they're looking for good people they will train you at elite universal security and you can reach them at 530-749-0280 let me say it again: 749-0280 and you can also check their websites out and sometimes on their websites a list the areas that they need uh the areas of the the community or the 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 state that they need people in but even if you don't see that there i would call them and just say hey i'm over here if you get a job i'd like to work over here uh so eliteuniversalsecurity.com and api-academy.com they'll also if you uh are you wanting to learn? Uh, maybe you're thinking I'm going to get me a taser, or or I'm going to get me some sprays to protect myself, or I want to get a concealed weapons permit. They can help you with all that there, and even if you don't want, you don't want to go to work for them, but you just want that. They have their own shooting range. They can help you uh, get all set up. So um, Elite Universal Security. Greenest Construction, The Plumbing Doctor, Thrifty Rooter, North Valley Paralegal, Peachtree Health, that's Dr. Cassidy, and All Power Services. They're all the people that we're grateful for here, and uh, they're making the wheels go around here in addition to Santos Vigil and uh, Tanner Martis down in Texas. I wanted to talk uh, briefly about, uh, you may have noticed, in-state or out-of-state that's probably making news around the United States. Some places, I I think probably most towns in the United States would never, ever see anything like this happen. But in San Francisco, they basically are letting the inmates run the prison. And and what I mean by that is that you can be crazy. You can be drug addicted. uh, You can uh, be homeless. uh, You can live any way you want. Uh, They will not arrest you and uh people have they people um uh, there are no laws basically in San, in San Francisco now uh they're trying to defund the police there and uh you can steal up to 950 dollars worth of goods and not even go to jail in California that's a California law so in California in San Francisco pardon me they it's so bad that I think there's seventeen walgreens that 's a if you don 't have it where you are that 's a uh, big wall uh, drug pharmacy chain pharmacy and drug store chain and a great great business great store, great service, and seventeen of them close their doors and now we heard one target is closing its doors in San francisco because not because they aren 't selling a lot of product but because people are just coming in there and taking whatever they want. And so Randy Thomason with SaveCalifornia.com, if you want to donate to somebody, that's a good place to donate. Uh, he He's a lobbyist and he, uh, defends the family and business and and religious rights. He says, Most people are rightfully shocked at the phenomenon of an army of smash and grab robberies in San Francisco, Walnut Creek, Hayward, San Jose, and then the same type of robberies, bra- robbers, brazenly struck high end retail stores in LA. There've also been, uh, things like this happening in, in Chicago. He attributes it to Democrat run towns and County DAs that have been funded by Soros to win who don't prosecute thefts of $950 or less. Uh, And because of fear of lawsuits in California, no tort reform, employees are trained not to interfere. They just let people steal. And uh, even armed security guards won't shoot thieves that aren't threatening life and limb. Thanks to government schools, these young bandits have no fear of God in them. Remember, our founding fathers believed that if you, you had to have fear of God to manage yourself. So uh, those are some of the issues that are going on. But we have complete collapse in our inner, inner city, uh, California right now, throughout the cities of California. Not here so much in Yuba-Sutter, but, but there's theft got so bad at our Walmart here in Yuba County, they nearly closed without some concessions and agreements and help from the Yuba County Sheriff that kept us uh, the biggest retail sales tax generator in the uh in Yuba County. So we're going to finish the second half of the David Martin interview right now.
10: Not a court in the world is going to do anything about this. We're just getting trampled over by this bureaucracy, by this beast system. What can people actually do?
1: How can somebody take action to stop this right now? Well, as you know, and and Stu, I've shared some uh, materials with you. Uh, We can obviously share this. We've got tons of stuff that I can make available to your audiences and your listeners. I have an entire packet that goes to attorney generals. But the key thing right now is to get attorneys general to do what they did when it was, you know, back in the day. Remember when when the the Gremlin, uh, very famously, used to get rear-ended and the gas tanks exploded. And, and, and it took a few people to actually say, hold on a second, these cars need to get off the road. And standing together, a number of AGs said, we're going to take action if the company doesn't. The company took action, pulled the car off the road. Just like tobacco settlement, we forget that, but tobacco settlement, what was that? That was companies that knew that they were making an addictive product. And ultimately a number of of, uh, attorneys general got together and said, we're gonna prosecute this. We're gonna end that criminal conspiracy. Every single time we have one of these, the only action that can be taken is a group, not one, but a group of attorneys general who actually are empowered by the people who elected them to do what they must do, which is to stand up and uphold the Constitution of the United States and uphold the constitutions of their respective states. The fact of the matter is, anyone not taking action in law enforcement right now is participating in a criminal conspiracy by omission, at least if not commission. Stu, I had a conversation just a couple of days ago with a very well-placed attorney general in the United States who I'm counting on to take action. And I raised a very interesting point. I said, I have a suspicion that the emergency declaration that your governor signed did not come out of your office. And they chuckled and they said, well, of course not. We didn't write it. And I said, well, that's interesting. Wouldn't it be interesting to find out who actually wrote the emergency declarations which shut down the economy of your state? And ironically, there was this chilling silence at which point in time I said, And that we can only uncover with criminal discovery, because if we actually have criminal discovery, we will have the ability to find out who wrote those freaking memos, because they start with recitals that we know are false. There was not a novel virus. The only novelty determination was made by people with a financial interest in promoting emergency use drugs. Let me say that one more time. The only people who have validated that there was a novel virus all have undisclosed commercial interest in drugs that could only be authorized under an emergency use authorization. There was not an independent member of the World Health Organization's International Committee on Taxonomy of Viruses, not one, not a single unconflicted party. So you actually have the people who made the determination that we have a pathogen, happen to be the financially interested parties who only could get their drugs approved through an EUA? I mean it seems That's so racketeering pure and simple. Yes,
10: absolutely. And then the emergency use drugs that are in this AI protocol that is flooding the doctor's epic systems, you have patient with A or B, you must do C or D, are all of the drugs from the same group of people. Exactly. Remdesivir is a perfect example.
1: Remdesivir and Merck's latest drug with, with Ridgeback Pharmaceuticals. People don't understand that came out of the same racketeering crowd, Vanderbilt, UNC Chapel Hill, and so forth. And remember, Kizzy Corbett, the woman who was at the Vaccine Research Center at NIID, who happened to be the one who happened to give Moderna the sequence for the spike protein that went into the vaccine, who happened to sign an agreement with UNC Chapel Hill to share spike protein data in November of 2019. Kizzy Corbett graduated from, are you ready for this? UNC Chapel Hill. Can't make it up. So the
10: attorney general that you spoke to, where there was the chilling silence, are you optimistic that that particular person is going to look at a criminal action?
1: I am optimistic that we may go down the pathway of getting something that's slightly better than an AG action. We have in this in this country and in most states very powerful laws to impanel grand juries and to impanel special prosecutors. And if people want to be very specific with what to ask their attorney general to do, we need a grand jury and we need the appointment of special prosecutors who have subpoena authority to go after these particular individuals, and specifically the people who we must seize their communication are Peter Daszak, Dr. Anthony Fauci, and Dr. Ralph Berrick. The fact of the matter is those three people, among a whole host of others, but those three people have written records of this criminal conspiracy dating to at least 2005, if not 2002.
10: There are a lot of viewers to this program that are tired of these rallies and these uh, big ticket prices to go watch marquee values, celebrity politicians and candidates and influencers get on a stage and go buy my product and America will be great and chant hold the line and hoorah and fight like a Flynn or whatever else. Uh, but these people are tired of giving up all their money for this. Yep. What they want to do is invest their time and actually make a difference. This is an action yep. platform, and that's what we're going to do. Now, Dr. Jane Ruby told me that you've actually been contacted by other attorneys general just from her promotion of yep. uh, you know, the reach out to this because we briefly touched on this on this program earlier, which is why I had to have you on. Uh, so this is something that we absolutely need to do without getting too deep into the weeds. Do you know anything about this? executive order specifics on the eo specifically that trump signed relating to all of this vaccine nonsense bioweapon stuff
1: well i'll tell you what it's very disturbing on september the 18th 2019 the world health organization announced that it would do a worldwide exercise in the release of a respiratory pathogen so that we could get a worldwide acceptance of vaccine right out of the playbook that you read at the top of this show and the next day within 24 hours President Trump signed an executive order, which in fact laid out the pathway for this now warp speed of developing alternative platforms for vaccines. The the possibility that that was not coordinated is zero. That was a coordinated act. The president did not write an executive order overnight, having seen you know, the World Health Organization publication the day before. There is no way that one day separating those two events is even theoretically possible. And in his testimony on December the 4th in front of Congress in 2019, so remember, this is before anyone has heard, no one has heard of coronavirus. In fact, the World Health Organization declared it eradicated. But on the 4th of December 2019, Anthony Fauci, in front of congress made reference to that executive order stating that it authorized him to build self-assembling nanoparticle vaccines and mrna vaccines that needed to be done through the department of defense there is no question that this is a public admission that the administration in 2019 was manipulated and coerced into self-inflicted destruction and I'm going to be really, really clear. You know I stick to only facts, Stu. That's what I'm about. Yeah. But there is something that is so deeply troubling in the sequence of events that I have to go as far as to say that if this was not acts of treason, I am shocked. Because at at, at no point do I actually believe that on September the 19th, You know, somehow Donald Trump was convinced that somehow he should be issuing executive orders to the DOD to actually make self-assembling nanoparticles and mRNA vaccines. My guess is he still doesn't entirely know what those things mean.
10: So who are you
1: suggesting committed these acts of treason? Well, there's no question that Fauci admitted to it. So we might as well put him up where he belongs because he, in fact, admitted to the same. The the good news is I'm not making an allegation. When you admit to something in advance of a public health emergency, you're actually admitting that you did it. Your fingerprints are on the gun, and you're standing over the corpse. So newsflash, you're definitely there. Do I think he acted alone? Absolutely not. Look at the fact that in 2016, when the UNC Chapel Hill paper was published, it said SARS coronavirus was poised for human emergence, The SARS coronavirus they were making reference to was their modification of WIV1. WIV1, Stu, is the Wuhan Institute of Virology Virus 1. That was 2016, people. That was not some sort of wet market where somebody bought a bad bat in December of 2019. That was 2016, and it was called the Wuhan Institute of Virology Virus 1 because it was the COVID bioweapon that was designed from the 2013 samples taken from the six miners in China. That means that biological and chemical weapons laws were violated by transferring a known pathogen from China to the United States in 2016 to weaponize a virus against humanity. Okay, I got
10: like three minutes left here, so we gotta we gotta hustle. I gotta yep. get through this. But uh, uh, Rand Paul.
1: Why is, he, why is he stopping short of a criminal referral here? Good fundraising. Every time he does a smackdown with Fauci, he goes on all social media the next minute going, look who's standing up for America. Look who's holding Fauci accountable. Yeah, and, a big and people, people must here know that he is actually failing to disclose the October 2014 letter from NIAID to the UNC Chapel Hill researchers that said that their project was gain a function. Rand Paul has the letter in his possession. I know he has it because I know that it was given to him and he refuses to drop the one piece of evidence, which actually puts Fauci in jail. So we can contact him and we can do all those things,
10: but it's he's, it's proven to be ineffective. He's not going to do anything. We, what, what we need to do is take this route with these attorneys general.
1: That's and, exactly
10: right. Uh, so but it also doesn't do any good to donate anymore. To Rand nope. Paul either, nope. uh, until somebody wants to do something and show that they actually are a person of action, I would say stop donating to them altogether uh, and stop using this GOP win red nonsense as well. Okay, so where can we find these packets? Can you give them to me? How can we easily? I'm going to send the them hands? to you.
1: You will have them, and then you will have the freedom to disseminate them. They are packages that were prepared specifically with cover letters. The one I'm going to send you was actually prepared for the for the AG in Arizona but you will be able to cl- cut and paste these letters, make them appropriate to your state. And Stu, you'll have them in your possession to share with everybody. And send these by certified mail is what you recommend. That's exactly right? right. Okay, send these
10: by certified mail. They will be on my telegram. They will be at stupeters.tv. They'll be at redvoicemedia.com. There will be no exp- excuse for not getting your hands on these things. Dr. David Martin, brilliant. You're a genius.
1: Thank you so much for being here. And for Always all good to work. be here. It's an honor to stand with you, Stu. I appreciate it. God bless you.
10: All right. Uh, PSA for the day. This is very important. Go to ZStackProtocol.com right now. Protect yourself and most importantly, your kids from these Tony Fauci war crimes, chimerically engineered, intentionally released Wuhan lab viruses, as well as other viruses, including influenza. Zevzelenko, Dr. Zev Zelenko, the humanitarian genius, put it together. A one pill formula you take twice a day. Prevent this virus from impacting yourself and your family. Put the stuff on auto ship to prevent delays from a huge demand for this stuff. The gummies are available for kids right now. Keep your kids safe. Go to ZStackProtocol.com right now. This guy's the Nobel Prize nominee, Presidential Medal of Freedom nominee, who saved thousands of lives in upstate New York while Cuomo was sending geriatrics, helpless geriatrics, to their death. In the modern-day progressive death camps, the modern-day ovens, the killing fields, that's what Cuomo was doing while Zev Zelenko was saving 99.9% of his high-risk COVID patients. He put this together, one-pill formula. Get it at ZStackProtocol.com right now. Gummies available for kids. Go to ZStackProtocol.com. Again, ZStackProtocol.com.
7: All right. I hope you enjoyed Dr. David Martin. He is amazing. You can find him on uh, being interviewed on BitChute and Brighteon and uh, Rumble various places and uh he's amazing so uh also check out TV at, at those platforms as well Stu peters is really got great ho- great uh, speakers great interviews every every day i think so we'll catch you next week uh lord willing and thank you for listening we're so glad to see so
3: many of you lovely people here tonight we would especially like to welcome all the representatives of the illinois law enforcement community who have chosen to to join join us here in in the the Palace Palace Hotel Ballroom Ballroom at this time. We certainly hope hope you all enjoy the the show, show. and remember, people, that no matter